Good evening, everyone. How is everyone doing this evening? Wonderful. Yeah. Great. All All right. right. Welcome. (coughs) It's, uh, it seems like it's only been a short time since we last met at our ACB conference and convention, but here we are again. So, <laughs> but we've all been having lots of meetings and conversations. So, welcome everybody. Uh, welcome to all of our ACB members uh, and friends out there on ACB Radio Mainstream or in uh, listening however you wish with your favorite device or on the phone. We welcome you all and. Uh, I think let's go ahead and get started. So um, uh, I'll go ahead and call the meeting to order. And I, whoops. What is that? Somebody's speaking a little. I want to call the meeting to order. And I want to first. Okay, thank you. Sorry, we had to mute everybody for just a moment. But once we get started, uh, we'll go through the agenda. But then we'll have to, of course, have the roll call. So we'll have to unmute everybody. But. As we uh, unmute everyone, please uh, once you kind of, uh, if you can't stay on mute unless it's kind of your turn to talk during roll call and then, you know, just please acknowledge that you're present and and we will then, uh, you know, hopefully get everybody where they can stay muted, but then unmute to provide comments. So uh, we're all still working through this. This is only like our third, uh, you know, uh, board meeting with Zoom. So we're all learning, but we appreciate everybody's patience. Um, So I want to call the meeting to order and I want to recognize uh, Penny Reader, elected member of our board of publications. She will be our, um, member of uh, ex officio. Thank you, Kim. Our ex officio member of our uh, ACB board of directors representing the board of publications. Uh, so welcome, Penny. We're glad to have you here. And now I'll go ahead and introduce Denise Colley uh, to do our uh, roll call and introduction of guests. So Denise. Dan Spoon. Present. Mark Reichert. Hello. Ray Campbell. Here. I'm here. Uh, David Trot. Here. Kim Charlson. Here. And for the board, Jeff Bishop. Here. Donna Brown. Here. Sarah Conrad. Here. Dan Dillon. Play muted. Oh, he's, Give me a second here. 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 Did you get there me? There he is. Yes. I got gotcha. you. Hey. Gotcha. I'm trying to get used to this stuff, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Katie, Fre- Katie Frederick. I'm here. Jim Crott. He's probably oh, he's muted. He is well, I know he's, he is he's here. Because I heard him. He's I muted. Heard him. Okay. Yeah. Doug Powell. Here. Pat Sheehan. Here. Michael Talley. Michael here. I am not seeing him on here, you guys. Uh, Jeff Tom. Here. From the BOP, Penny Reader. Here. Um, <laughs> from staff, Eric Bridges. Here. Clark Rockpaul? Here. Tony Stevens? Here. Nancy Becker? Here. Cindy Hollis? Here. Uh, okay. Um, Claire Stanley? Here. Kelly Gask? Here. Uh, Sharon Lovering? Okay. Um, contractors, Debbie Hazelton? Here. I know she's here. She's here. Jason Castingway? I think he's here too. But, oh gosh, he's on it also. You forgot Nancy. 
Oh, no, but she already called me. Oh, she did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, intern. Oh, there's Jason. Oh, there's Jason. Um, Anthony Corona. Okay. And do we have, I know we have all of our ACB uh, radio listeners, but do we have any other visitors? I, I know that Deb Cook-Lewis is here. Anybody Actually, else? Actually, uh, I believe, Sharon, is that you that just came in? Yes. All okay. right. Gotcha, Sharon. And Jason and I are here. You and Jason are here, mm -hmm. okay. And is, is Anthony? Don't believe so. No, okay. Um, and I know Deb Lewis is here. Do we have any other guests? Peggy Garrett is here. Peggy Garrett, okay, welcome. Gabe Griffith. Anybody else? Oh, hi, Gabe. Welcome. And Zelda Gamhard. Zelda, welcome. Alice Richard. Alice, welcome. Jill Noble. Jill Noble, welcome. Anybody else? Okay, Mr. Chair, that completes Michael, the recall of Michael, Michael Garrett. Oh, Michael yeah. Garrett, got you, Michael. Okay. Denise, you get me right, Jeff Bishop. Yeah, I got you. Mm -hmm. Okay. I heard you. Yes. All right, Mr. Chair, that completes the call of the roll. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you so much, Denise. And we did invite the members of the uh, resolutions uh, resolution committee to be here this evening when we get to that agenda item. So there may be a few more guests coming in as we move along. That's a little later on in the agenda. Uh, but welcome, everyone. Thank you for being here. Uh, item three is review and approval of the agenda. So one is uh, call to order, Dan Spoon, president. Two is... Um, excuse me, uh, roll call and introduction of guests, Denise Colley, secretary. Three is review and approval of the agenda, Dan Spoon. Four is mission moment, Dan Spoon and Eric Bridges to present uh, honoring Burl Colley. Uh, five is the president's report. Underneath that, we have... Um, a, which is really kind of the, uh, I use Cindy's terms here, but embrace, empower, engage, effort, and enjoy with our ACB convention. So really kind of just giving a, a little brief recap of the convention. Um, B is, um, uh, excuse me, um, uh, B is the DC Leadership Conference and the board making a decision on whether that will be virtual or in person. Uh, C is the Ad Hoc Resolutions Committee, uh, and that is chaired by uh, Ray Campbell, second vice president, and co-chaired by Mike Reich Mark Reichert, first vice president. And we're going to announce the members of that Ad Hoc Committee. Um, uh, excuse me, uh, D is um, talking a little bit um, about, um, excuse me, I'm blanking out here a little bit. Um, D DKM? Uh, DK, yes, excuse me. Uh, D Sorry. is, uh, thank you, Nancy, is DKM. And we're going to get a presentation from Kenneth Simeon, uh, DKM Fund Chair, and Zelda Gephardt on some policy changes that they would like to make to the first-timers um, policy related to the DKM leadership scholarships. And then E is just reminding everybody of our upcoming fall board meeting, uh, November 13th and 14th, uh, which will be virtual. Uh, six is our staff reports. Underneath that, we have A, which is Eric Bridges, our executive director. Uh, he's going to uh, give us uh, an update on um, 
uh, ooh, boy, my mind is out of it tonight, guys. I apologize. Um, Dan, do you want me to say it? Yeah, sure. Nancy, okay. go ahead. Yeah. So number one is the media and ACB radio strategy planning session. Mm-hmm. Two is community Facebook group and community email list tops 1,000. Mm-hmm. Three is other updates. And then B... You- B is B is Clark Rackful, our advocacy director, who's going to talk about accessible voting, and also where we stand with the um, broadcast, the National Association of Broadcasters (NAB) and their opposition to the expansion of the AD markets to the top 100 cities. So, we'll talk to us about that, and then uh, other updates from Clark and uh, Michael Talley just joined the meeting. So, Denise, let's. Make sure and get him added into our roll call there. Um, then um, C is an update f- from Tony Stevens, our uh, development director. He's going to give us an update on our ACB convention fundraisers and how well those did. Um, uh, two, he wants he's going to talk to us a little bit about uh, a. Uh, kind of donor advisory committee that he's put in place, had their initial meeting here last week. Uh, C, uh, or excuse me, three, uh, we're going to talk about the Give Me Family Foundation and how their uh, initial meeting that we had with them. Four is to give us a update on the um, communications plan that we've been working on with our consultant, Kate Vendimio. Uh, give us an update on that. And then five is other a- updates because Tony's always got more stuff in the hopper that he'll want to share with us. And then um, D is an update from Nancy Marks Becker, our Chief Financial Officer, CFO. She's going to give us an update on our investment portfolio, where that stands. The market has rebounded fairly nicely. Uh, two, going to talk to us about a cash drawdown from our board reserve account. Uh, this is kind of the time of year where, uh, you know, we're a little, our, our cash flow is decreased after the convention. Uh, and then three, she's going to talk to us about the move of the Minneapolis office, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota office uh, across the parking lot to some new digs. Uh, and then seven, we're going to get a uh, board of publications report from our BOP chair, Deb Cook-Lewis. Uh, eight is to talk about the a rehab white paper, which the Rehabilitation Task Force has put together, and that's going to be presented by Doug Powell, uh, Board of Directors and Chair of our Rehab Task Force. Uh, nine is a request from the Multicultural Affairs uh, Committee for a budget request. Uh, that will be presented by Peggy Garrett, MCAC Chair. Ten will be our resolutions, and we have, I believe, 11 resolutions that will be um, presented by our resolutions committee chairs, uh, Gabe Griffith and Jill Noble. Uh, We are going to, um, when we get to this point, we will talk through each resolution. These are the the 11 that were... um, not withdrawn. There were 13 original resolutions. 11 actually were presented and passed uh, and moved forward to the um, uh, to the ACB Board of Directors. We will uh, talk about each one. Uh, we also will have our resolutions committee 
available to provide any comments uh, about the resolutions, and then we will take individual votes on those. So that's 10. 11 is for all those resolutions that are approved. We will go ahead and set a uh, board of directors prioritization for each of those approved resolutions uh, after discussion and a motion and approval. 12 will be an executive session and then uh, 13 is adjourned. So any uh, additions or corrections to the um, proposed agenda? If not, I'd like to have a motion Mrs. to approve Doug, the agenda. I will, yeah, I'll move the acceptance of the agenda as Don, distributed. Donna seconds it. Okay, so Doug Powell moves, Donna Brown seconds. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you all. Whew, that was a little bit of struggle to get through that, but we made it. Thank you all very much. Um, it was very uh, a lot of activity going on today. Apologize, guys. All right. Uh, number four. This is really, um, um, to me, very important. But anyway, our mission moment uh, this this meeting is really. Uh, Eric and I would like to take a moment and really recognize Burl Colley, who we lost just before the convention. Uh, just a longtime uh, member uh, of the American Council of the Blind. Uh, just an absolutely uh, wonderful person. Served as our board of on our board of directors for eight years. Served as our tour director. Served uh, as the chair of the um, resource development committee, the history committee, and I know I'm missing many, many more things, but just uh, a mentor to me when I first got on the board of directors, uh, Burl and Michael Garrett were the, the people that shepherd Sarah and I around our our first set of board caucuses to make sure we didn't get lost and make fools out of ourselves, And they were always there and champions for us and, and tremendous supporters for our organization. So uh, <laughs> I want to turn it over to Eric to say a few words. And then I would like to recognize um, Pat Sheehan, who really is a board member who brought this to our attention. Uh, so uh, Eric. Yeah, uh, not not much to, to add, Dan. I'm just it was really nice to be able to get to know uh, Burl. Uh, you know, in the 13 years that I've been at ACB and have kind of grown, uh, kind of grown up through the organization, literally, figuratively. Um, just nice to be able to get to know him and learn. And uh, the contributions that he made here over the last few years with regard to, to his leadership on the history committee. Um, there will be a lot of things that will live on uh, because of, of Burl's uh, leadership and involvement, but a lot of the work that is continuing on uh, in the office, uh, the identification of uh, folks in photos from various conventions down through the years that is being led by, by Sharon, uh, Sharon Levering. Um, a lot of that, impetus was started through the history committee and, and Burroughs leadership. So uh, being able to, you know, uh, save our history and know our history. Um, it's, a, it's important stuff. Thank you, Eric. And then I'd like to recognize Pat Sheehan. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. Um, Burl, personal friend and mentor. And as a board member, he was always hardworking and loyal. One of his, of intense interest, and I saw it at the 
national level was in the area of leadership. He always pushed um, leadership as one of the core programs that we needed to work on. He did it at the national level. I know he did it at the state level. I'd like Denise actually to say a few words about what he did at the state level, because I think that's, but I talked to Dan uh, a while ago, knowing that Burl uh, stressed leadership. And uh, I suggested uh, that this might be an appropriate way for us to honor Burl. Uh, Denise? Thank you, Pat. On the state level, um, of course, he served as president for two two-year terms. And it was really during his presidency that a couple of things happened, one of which was Burl was a real um, supporter of his members, and he wanted to bring the best out in everybody. And I remember one of the very first um, board meetings we or uh, conventions we had, we elected new people to the board that nobody had even thought of getting onto the board, people who had just recently joined, who he saw real leadership potential in and was able to mentor. And that was um, very important to him. He was also the person who really put together and started WCB's leadership seminar each year that we have continued to do and has continued to be extremely successful. And we have put over 400 people through that program. And it was his his vision and his desire that um, really got that whole program going. Thank you, Denise. Uh, I want to have an official motion. Uh, you know, I have uh, presented this to our um, uh, Leadership Training Institute chair, Rebecca Bridges, and her and her committee have wholly uh, endorsed renaming our uh, our leadership committee the Burl Colley uh, Leadership Training Institute Committee. Mr. Chair. Uh, go ahead, Pat. No. Well, I think you can I, second I, this, I, Ray. I, I, I can't. But I was going to recommend that we rename the Institute the Burl Colley Leadership Institute in honor of Burl. Um, as, as the officer uh, lays on to that committee, I will honorably, I will wholeheartedly second that. Thank you, Ray. Yep. Thank you. We have a first and a second. I know there's an opportunity here if anything, anyone else would like to say anything before we take the vote. So uh, any other board members to be recognized? David. David Trot, please proceed. I, I think this is one of the one of the best things that we can do and one of the most appropriate things we can do to honor a member that served us as loyally and who really put forth involving newer people in ACB and giving them the opportunity to be educated, to know the things that they needed to do and also the things that they could benefit from ACB. So it, this is just really a great thing. And I applaud the committee for their work on this. Thank you, David. Any other comments? All right. Hearing none. Uh, all those in favor uh, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you so much. And uh, Mr. Chair, Denise, I just want to say thank you so much. This is 
this is really an honor. First of all, I want to say thank you to all of you who have just been absolutely so supportive um, during this difficult time. One of the things our family really wanted to do from the very beginning was to honor him and to um, talk about the things that really honored him and all the cards and all the emails that I've received that did just that. And then this this wonderful, wonderful um, honoring of him. And I just want to say on behalf of the whole family, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Denise. And Burl, thank you, buddy. We miss you. Um, all right. Item number five on the agenda is our president's reports. Uh, Underneath that A is the convention, and, and we have spent a lot of time talking about the convention, so I, I just wanted to take this opportunity, why we had our, our board uh, together here with our staff and our, and our members, to just um, re- reiterate one more time the, what I believe was just the amazing spirit of our ACB family. And, and it, and it really is the ease that Cindy um, Hollis talks so much about as our membership services coordinator. Uh, if, as you look through our convention with our, our five, five different ACB radio channels that were broadcasting content throughout an eight-day period, with the exhibits, with the audio described tours, with three concurrent um, breakout sessions, that sets of breakout sessions that were held each day, with Deb Cook, Lewis, and Cindy and their facil- their Zoom facilitators, and 108 breakout sessions with over 400 panelists that participated over 250 hours of content, uh, full general sessions each day with a wonderful set of uh, presentations of from our sponsors, uh, testimonies of our ACB angels, interviews with our scholarship winners, and then countless uh presentations from our staff and from our partners across the country and even with our international guest uh martine abel williamson from around the world and i swear she was clearer on zoom than anybody than anybody we had here in the states it was just absolutely amazing so the general sessions were wonderful the the Evening primetime shows were just fabulous where we got to recognize people uh, in, in different segments of our programs and services each day. Uh, and then the banquet with Roy Samuelson and just the inspirational um, message that he left with us at the end. The community chats that went on after the formal uh, agenda was over each night, right, Cindy, till 12, 1, sometimes 2 o'clock in the morning with hundreds of people in attendance. It was just... Um, it even was just, you. It, it was even me. <laughs> it was a wonderful experience, and, and it really showed that by getting people involved and giving them a voice... Um, how much our organization, all done with volunteers, could stand up and 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 deliver 
an amazing convention with. I know Janet's not here tonight. We, we gave her the night off, but you know, over over sixteen hundred people that paid to register for our convention. Wonderful fundraising efforts that took place all week that Tony will talk to us about. But I just I just want to say thanks to all of you for all you did. And Rick Morin in his garage producing the whole thing. The roll call, when I saw the roll call on the Democratic National Convention, I said, ACB did it first, you know. <laughs> we were the first ones who did a virtual roll call and recognized all of our state and special interest affiliates. So it just had so many highlights, and I and I just am so, so proud of all the work that everybody did. So it, I, I can't help it, but I got to say, hip, hip. <laughs> Hooray. Hooray. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. So um, I don't know if any of our other board members want to make any comments, but you know, I know we have a full agenda tonight, but I just want oh, to get lost. Okay. Um, I just, uh, Dan, this, I just want to say that uh, I, I, I think that going forward, our conventions have, I think our members are going to be demanding that they have a virtual component as part of it. And I think, and I told some people in like two to five years, in like five years, I think people will be fully participating both virtually and in person in some way. I don't know how we're going to make that happen, but yep. that's true. But, but the amazing talent that we have in this organization to do all the zoom stuff and do all the things that need to be done uh, with mm-hmm. regards to all that, I, I think is just amazing. We, we have such a wealth of talent. Yeah, I'm coming. So, oh. yeah, she's going to get our supper. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate it. And um, yeah, and, and I have to give a shout out to the ACB radio team and all the, all their hard work and, and all the wonderful podcasts that have gotten, you know, generated out of this for people can go back and continue to listen and consume content. And, and what we're getting now is as our state affiliates are having virtual conventions, they're actually reaching out to get content from our ACB convention that they would like to replay and repurpose and rebroadcast at their virtual convention. So I think our content lives on and we did it. We did our general sessions and primetime shows with video that streamed to Facebook and to YouTube. I mean, just, just a lot of amazingly good stuff. So thanks. Thanks. Thanks to everybody. All right. Um, item B is uh, it's time for us to kind of make another board decision. Uh, the um, leadership team all met uh, as it was time for Kelly and Eric and team to uh, start to negotiate or continue or finalize the negotiation for uh, the hotel for next year's DC leadership conference. We really had to ask ourselves, given the environment that we are in now, uh, is it going to be practical to have an in-person um, DC leadership conference in February and the leader, our, our L10 leadership team unanimously, uh, recommended that it's really, um, you know, that, that really Mm -hmm. virtual right now is the way to go. Um, so I want to, um, have, 
uh, Eric and, uh, and any of his staff that would like to comment on this. And then I would like to entertain a motion that the, the board um, move for a virtual, um, a virtual uh, DC leadership conference this year. So, uh, Eric, I'll turn it over to you. Even though it's the president's report, I think this is a shared, uh, a shared conversation. So, Sure. Well, you know, so the interesting thing is uh, Kelly and I were in a, in a meeting, sort of an after action meeting with the Holiday Inn uh, the week of March 16th, I believe. That's correct, Kelly. I feel like it was the first week we were all forced to be at home and things were very uncertain at that time. And it turned out that some of those folks that we worked with were in fact furloughed. Uh, for several months what was it maybe six eight weeks ago now kelly uh reached back out Mm -hmm. to you um to sort of re-engage in in the dialogue and Mm -hmm. uh kelly as she has the last few years you know is key in negotiating these contracts with the hotels and um you know they were they were wanting our business there's no two ways about that but what what we sort of kind of bumped up against was how how different is the landscape really going to look uh early next year as opposed to now um and uh you know bringing folks into a hotel then having them go up on capitol hill um and be exposed to all of that what would that look like and in fact how could we negotiate a contract um, that could look the way that we would want it to look? <laughs> Whereas, you know, not, not being held, uh, you know, into account um, for having low numbers um, potentially. And so uh, Kelly and I brought this to the leadership team, uh, sort of gave our thoughts uh, on the matter and, um, here we sit with the recommendation before you this evening. Uh, I do think that there is a lot of innovative stuff that we can do from an advocacy standpoint, uh, doing this virtual. And, uh, you know, we've, we've already proven that we can do, you know, uh, eight crazy day convention. Um, I think that we can do a really nice virtual legislative seminar and engage uh, our members and have them engage their representatives locally uh, where they live mm-hmm. through district right. work periods and other things. So there's, there's, there's a, quite a bit of upside that we can uh, bring to a virtual event like this that we've never, uh, that we've never been able to do, frankly, before. Yep. And I think what we learned from the convention is if, if the world landscape is not going to change significantly and we have to look out for the health and well-being of our members, that if we make the decision early rather than later, it gives our affiliates an opportunity to really plan and think about those creative ways they could engage, um, you know, their their, uh, their representatives through Zoom meetings, through, through teams that could still hold maybe, maybe even more 
uh, representative office and Senate appointments uh, than we than we're able to do uh, in person. Uh, it, I did have an opportunity to talk to um, Debbie Grubb from Florida, who kind of leads their delegation uh, to Capitol Hill. And at first she gave an awe. And then after we talked about it for five or 10 minutes, she really got excited because she said, oh my God, Dan, we could have all kinds of Zoom meetings. We could have this set up. We could have voices, real voting members' voices from each district of people that could engage these offices and really make a very powerful statement. We could even go and visit some of the offices in district. Uh, so it was it was kind of interesting how the conversation progressed as we talked about it. But she said, I need to know fairly soon because this is going to take a lot of time to plan. It's, it's a much different effort than we would do as an affiliate when we go to DC. And then I had a conversation with Jeff Tom today and he kind of, he got his uh, spirit going too and then said, oh my gosh, you know, I, I think it's the right thing to do and we're going to have to really get to work quickly. So um, anyway, I would um, like to entertain uh, a motion from our board if anybody is so inclined to, um, uh, vote to uh, make a motion to do our DC leadership conference virtually this year. Dan, this is Mark. I'll move. All right, Mark Reichard uh, has moved. Do I have a second? I'll second, second from Doug. Uh, I heard. I think Jeff Tom first, but I heard you, Doug. I'll, I'll get you next time. So <laughs> Jeff Tom on the second, uh, and uh, now I'll open it up for discussion. So Mr. love Mr. love to hear from board members. Yes, Mr. President. <clears throat> um, Ray, go ahead. Yeah, Ray. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, as much as I want to get back to normal and as much as I think we all want to get back to normal, um, I frankly think this is the right thing to do. Um, it's really a similar issue for me as is to the convention. You know, I mean, two couple things. I mean, what if we did a in-person thing and some, somebody got sick? And somebody or God forbid somebody died, uh, we could be sued right out of business. And that's one thing. But the other thing, uh, an in-person meeting, it really isn't going to be that much fun because you got to social distance. You got can't wear you got to wear masks. Um, you know, we've got two areas, Virginia and D.C., to think about in terms of what restrictions are going to be on at that point. I mean, are, are, is there going to be a second wave? Isn't there? I mean, what's. The, the, the thing going to look like. And I, I like the idea and I would really like to see uh, maybe some, maybe uh, Clark and Claire and <clears throat> others who can help them. Maybe uh, our advocacy steering committee can put together some creative ideas or some suggestions for affiliates of how they can engage this. I think because of the success we had with the virtual convention, we actually can get more of our members involved in the advocacy side of things doing it this way than we could uh, going in person. So I'm, I'm fully in support of this idea. Thank you, Ray. This uh, is Doug. Yeah, go ahead, Doug. Uh, the other side of this is that, uh, you know, we, we started to experiment with doing breakout sessions last year at the hotel. And, you know, with the success of the convention, we could uh, do a lot of breakout sessions um, you know, for the leadership conference as well. Um, mm. 
and, and uh, the state delegations are not tied into uh, the one day, um, you know, to go to the Hill uh, or, you know, to meet with their representatives. So they could spread it out if they want to. So I think there's uh, a lot of upside to, to doing it uh, virtually. Okay. Thank you, Doug. Uh, Mr. President. Yes. This is Dan, this is Dan, Dan Dillon. Dillon. Yes, and Dan. I've gone to Washington for many years and uh, for the uh, ACB legislative seminar. And, and, you know, you go in and talk to these people. Most of the time it's the uh, staffers of the representatives. And, you know, and you feel good. When you when you leave some of those sessions and and then other sessions you wonder, and uh, so I'm 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 kind of excited about us uh, doing something different and uh, well different for some people, uh, and that is visiting our representatives on the local level, and I th- I think this could be really a a good thing. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Dan. Any. Any other comments? I don't want anybody, please, if you've got if got thoughts, we'd love to hear them. Mr. Chair, this is Denise, and I just have a question. Sure, Denise. <clears throat> so would we be talking about, ju- I mean, I know you haven't totally figured out how mm. it's all going to work out, but would we be looking at just the two days then or, you know, three days or do we know at this point? Well, I would think we would have we would have our board meeting, our president's meeting, the legislative seminar, and then, you know, however we do the the Hill visits. Um, so I, I would think it would still be at least three days. It, there could be an opportunity for, you know, for we've kind of used that, that time of year to also do some board training. I don't know if we want to do that as well. The other thing we've talked about, it doesn't necessarily have to be the last week in February. You know, we're kind of, uh, uh, we've had some conversation about that both ways because do you want to do it when the representatives, when Congress is in session? You know, they're out of session the week before for, uh, for, pres- for President's Day. Uh, but then on the other hand, you know, how does that meet with holidays and all that? So I, I think that's the other piece of this we'll have to define once we get approval is to go back and really – uh, maybe put a, a team together and decide what is the format and uh, and what is the right uh, the right weekend to do it. it. Unfortunately, if you start moving it too far off of our normally scheduled time, you get into state affiliate conventions and that type of thing. So, so it may end up being that still the best to do it the the weekend that we had scheduled. But yeah, did that answer your question? Yes, thank you. Okay. Any yeah. other? Yes. Is that Mark? Yes, sir. Go so, ahead, Mark. Uh, so I'm, I'm pleased to make this motion. I, um, I, I think, I don't think any of us have a real clear sense of how uh, impactful this whole COVID thing is going to be on our advocacy work. Um, I think there's an awful lot of opportunities. I mean, I think, you know, if you're into the, you do a March for Life or you do, you know, one of these major national organizations or major national issues. Sure, maybe you'll come to DC, but for those of us, you know, like in our field, I think I think the vast majority of organizations are going to go this virtual route, and how mm-hmm. to do it effectively. I think we're all going to be experimenting, 
And like you said, Dan, <laughs> we, we already, when we did our roll call, we did it before others were experimenting, learning how to do it. I have a feeling we're going to be blazing some trails with this. And I mm-hmm. hope one of the things that we do when we um, put all this together is to think about how, sure, maybe there needs to be one unifying message and an overarching sort of theme to what it is that we take to our policymakers. But we should really think about since we're not having to haul everyone to DC in one hotel and haul them up on one day and just throw them up on the hill based on who shows up. We've got an opportunity to, to, to tailor our message uh, to specific committees, to specific members. And that's going to be more work um, for sure. But I mean, sign me up to the extent that people are, want my help with it. But I would love for us to think about how we involve the membership more broadly and then say, look, yeah, maybe there's one or two or three points we all want to make, but then target um, mm-hmm. folks wherever they happen to be um, so that our messages are specific to individual members. And I think, I think being able to yeah. do this thing virtually means we've got that freedom. So I, I, far from it being a limiting thing, I think it's liberating. Thanks. I, I agree with you, Mark. Think about health services. If we want to take our diabetes task force and really get I, them to I focus. Yep. Yes. They, just those kind of things. Yep. It seems like we can really have more of an impact than we have in our kind of scattered approach on yep. all trying to do it in one day. Yeah. It's, it's exciting. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any other comments? On the other hand, this is Doug again. I'm sorry. I, I thought, I, I think if, I, I think the affiliates. I, I know. I know Virginia would. I um, be, would appreciate. Um, be, again, this is something brand new. So, uh, how how can we do? How can we do it differently? You know, we might appreciate some guidance. You know, once uh, some of uh, some of the staff and leadership are, are you know have talked it through and maybe. Uh, worked with some of the reps, you know, or the, or the legislative aides that they know, mm-hmm. um, you know, develop a, a sort of a game plan. I, I know we would appreciate, uh, uh, you know, heads up, you know, before the day before. <laughs> yep. You know? yep. Dan. And, and yeah, this Kim. Yeah, go ahead, Kim. Yes. Okay. So I was just going to follow up to Doug a little bit and just say that um, like Mark, I think this is a real opportunity for us to to really have an impact and to engage more people in our advocacy efforts. And I think all of us can think back to the first time we did the legislative seminar and went to Capitol Hill and that feeling of empowerment and that sense of making change happen that we mm-hmm. felt that mm-hmm. day when we went to Capitol Hill. And just think about being able to do that with members who probably will never have those kind of chances from a more local level within our state affiliates. Um, That's exciting to me. And we're going to have to plan. You're absolutely right, Doug, that we're going to have to go back and we're going to have to map this out. And we're going to have to really think it through. And we're going to have to communicate very well to our affiliates because they're going to have to start taking action steps way before February. They're going to have to start asking for those appointments and setting up those Zoom meetings well in advance once we set the dates. And and they're not even constrained to those same dates, whatever Mm -hmm. we do. But we'll make a real good roadmap 
that people can follow and and it'll be I think it'll be a tremendous um, event. And uh, again, it's going to follow on the heels of a fabulous convention and it'll be something worth participating in. Yep. Thank you, Kim. And, um, it, and with that, I think if there's no other comments, I'll go ahead and take the vote. And then I want to make, uh, you know, one quick announcement afterwards. So, uh, in, in no, hearing no, any other one, anyone else wish to speak? Hearing no other discussion, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. All right. Thank you all so much. I love the fact that this this board, we're we we think we think together. It's good. It's a good thing. Thank you very much. Uh, and I want to um, also announce that I think the proper place for this kind of to go for the next piece of this is I, I first want to make an announcement um, for our advocacy uh, steering committee. I want to thank Ron Brooks for his efforts over the last year. He has uh, tendered his resignation, not because he hasn't enjoyed being the chair of the advocacy steering committee, but just his life uh, in the private sector and taking on the challenge he is he's doing with transportation. He just did not feel like he could give the advocacy steering committee the the energy that, and the direction that it needs. So I want to thank Ron for his wonderful service and thank him for all he continues to do in the mobility transportation space. And I, when, at this point in time, I'm going to uh, uh, appoint uh, Jeff Tom uh, to be the Advocacy Steering Committee chair uh along with Clark Rackful from our uh, our advocacy director. So I want to thank Jeff for taking on that responsibility. And I'm now going to ask that this particular initiative move over to the advocacy steering committee for them to kind of work at putting a, a plan together in, a, in an outline that could be socialized with leadership and then presented back uh, uh, to our affiliates at the appropriate time. So I want to thank everybody and uh, I appreciate everyone's hard work in this. And I know it's, these are not easy decisions and I appreciate everybody's thoughtful response. Uh, Mr. Ne President, before yes, go on, yes, Jeff. Yes, um, I would just encourage uh, members and um, board members and uh, the ACB general membership to send ideas to either Clark or myself, uh, in terms of methods that you think will work for the upcoming leadership conference, because all of your input will help to guide us in our deliberations. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, all right. Item, uh, item C on the agenda is our, uh, we had talked about at our last pre-convention board meeting uh, that we were had formed an ad hoc uh, committee to uh, review our resolutions process. And we had asked uh, Ray Campbell to be our chair and Mark Reichert to be our uh, co-chair. Uh, wanted to announce the other members of the uh, resolutions committee, uh, ad hoc resolutions committee this evening. We will have also um, Gabe Griffith and Jill Noble from our uh, chair and co-chair of our resolutions committee. 
as well as Jeff Tom, who's on the resolutions committee and a, and a member of our board of directors. Um, kind of participating members will be uh, Eric Bridges and myself. And then I'd like to announce um, three other ACB members that will be joining on the resolutions committee. I want to thank them for their willingness to serve. Uh, first is Regina Brink, uh, who is the president of the capital chapter of the California Council of the Blind in Sacramento. Uh, she uh, has agreed to be a member of the, of the ad hoc committee, uh, as well as Gabriel Lopez Cafati, who is the president of uh, BPI, and uh, Maria Christic, uh, who is a member of the Next Generation affiliate, the Guide Dog Users International, uh, and uh, BPI and um, was also a fellow uh, for our uh, next generation in 2019. Regina Brink, I failed to mention, was a J.P. Morgan Chase fellow this year. So trying to infuse some, some uh, new, in, 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 uh, new voices in with uh, folks that have had a lot of experience to try and get a real rounded uh, uh, team put together, and I have one more one more request out for one more individual. Uh, and Ray and I haven't officially heard back from them yet, so I, I won't announce anything until I, I get a, a, a confirmation from one more person. But that will be the ad hoc committee, and uh, I want to thank Ray and Mark for putting this committee together. And I think Ray, you would like to say a few words on kind of your objectives and your timeline. Sure. Um, so um, probably right after Labor Day or so, I will start uh, we'll, we'll pull the committee together to start meeting and talking about the resolutions process. And like Jeff, uh, Tom said, um, I'll say the same thing. If you have ideas on how you think the resolutions process can be approved, and that goes for board members and uh, ACB members as well, uh, you can uh, send them to uh, either myself or Clark. Uh, I'll uh, or give him that uh, responsibility. So, um, and um, kind of <clears throat> three things. Ray, I, I got to interrupt. I don't think did I mention Clark and Claire? Clark and Claire from the staff will be part of the committee. If I didn't mention them, you, I apologize. You didn't mention them. I apologize, apologize, Clark and Claire. <laughs> okay, go uh, ahead. Sorry. Okay, no, no problem. <laughs> uh, so, so um, really, I think there's three kind of main overarching objectives that I have. And, um, you know, I'm sure I don't know how Mark feels about this, but is number one, I want to see the resolutions process start a little earlier. Number two, I want to see it be, uh, it, you know, see that it, and it kind of runs into the second objective. I want the resolutions committee to be able to, you know, maybe in, actually enjoy a little bit of convention and not have to work till two o'clock in the morning and those kinds of things. And number three, I want to see us debating resolutions um, a little more regularly throughout the conventions so that we're not doing resolutions at three o'clock in the afternoon on the last day when there's nobody there. And so those are kind of the overarching things that I want to see come out of this. And I'm sure that um, there'll be some other things, but um, if you have ideas, um, 
our timeline is hopefully to have something together by the fall board meeting uh, that this board can approve, and then we will um, make a presentation as part of the uh, virtual DC leadership uh, conference so people know what to expect. And of course, we'll have other communication as well through the rail forum and community calls, perhaps, and some other things. So that's kind of what uh, my objectives are. Mark, I don't know if you want to add anything to that. I have, thanks, Ray. I have virtually nothing to add except for what everyone on this call would expect me to say, which is that I hope whatever we do as we think about uh, reforming this process, number one, we need to make sure that we are honoring our democratic values within ACB, but also that we make this process as engaging and as, I don't want to say entertaining, but certainly fun, or maybe engaging is just the best word. Um, this is This is one of those things where you're either really into resolutions or you're not. And I think a lot of the reasons why people are really not into resolutions in a lot of cases because it sounds like a lot of words that wash over them and it, it just gets mind-numbing. If we can find a way to make the process as engaging as we can, um, Lord knows I want to make sure that happens. The more that we engage people, make it fun, interesting, attention-grabbing, the more that uh, we will have more folks on deck to debate and uh, offer us their thoughts and wisdom. So anyway, thanks. Thank you, Mark. And thank you all. And thanks, thanks to everybody who's volunteered to serve. And uh, we look forward to your recommendations. So thank you. Thank you both. Um, next is item, um, is item D. And this is kind of an anomaly that came up uh, and got brought forth from our uh, DKM fund committee that uh, really manages our JP Morgan leadership fellows as well as our DKM first timers. So, you know, there's rules in place of what qualifies you for a first timer. And one thing that qualifies you for a first timer is you have not participated or attended a convention. And of course, this year being a virtual convention, we had, you know, many, many first timers attend the convention and our DKM uh, committee was really worried that they would kind of be disenfranchised if this eliminated them from consideration for a future in-person convention because they participated in the virtual convention. And so they brought this to our attention. I said, well, that's the official rule right now, but we can bring this to the board and uh, and see if this, uh, you know, I think the board would be very supportive of uh, giving everybody every opportunity to be considered as a first timer for a true, truly physical convention. We have our next one. So I want to introduce uh, the DKM Fund Chair, uh, Kenneth Simeon Sr., and member of the DKM Fund uh, Committee, Zelda Gephardt, to uh, make a presentation to the board about changes they would like to make to their uh, policy and guidelines related to this. So, Kenneth? Hello, Dan. Can you all hear me? Hear you great. Yeah. You sound great. Very good. Very good. Okay. Well, thank you all for this time and opportunity. We had discussion after a number of our members requested 
whether they should come to this year's convention if it would penalize them for next year. And we didn't know what to do other than just go by what the guidelines that we had in place. So I did encourage those people to go ahead and attend this year, although we didn't know what might happen tonight or even that it would happen at this time. So we've, so we've put together some language and the committee agreed upon uh, for the DCAM First Timers Committee. And then we also noticed that there was a need for some of the language to be added into the J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellows Guidelines. And that would help us to have an open door to be flexible and we could work with the president and or the executive director if there's, there's some unusual circumstance came up without us having to wait for another year. So uh, I have submitted the language in writing and we have in a document current and proposed language. And did you all want that read tonight? No, I uh, will ask the, the body. I, we did put it in the attachments and everybody had it in the Dropbox and in the attachments to read ahead of time. I'm going to assume that everybody read the documents and are informed yeah. and educated unless others unless board members indicate otherwise. And I, I think you can assume that, that everybody has read the documents, Kenneth. Okay, very David, good. Uh, David, did you have a question? Yeah, I'm the representative to that com committee, even though I've missed the last couple of meetings. I've read the documents, mm -hmm. and they're, they're excellent. Uh, I didn't see anything wrong with them at all. Anything that we should as a board be concerned about, they look like, you know, that they're just making it more uh, accessible for people to be able to attend. And I like it. I think it's a good job. Great job, Bob. Thank you, David. I, I think it's really the, the right spirit for us to, to adopt. Uh, yes. If, 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 would anybody like to make a motion? Uh, to, I, I, would move, I would move we adopt it. Okay, this thank you. This is Kim, I'll second. All right, so David's, David's made the motion and Kim has seconded. Is there any discussion from the board? Hearing none, all those in favor of uh, the motion signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Well, thank you, Kenneth, and thank you, Zelda. I, I, you know, we appreciate you all putting in the hard work. Thank you to your committee. You all are an amazing, hardworking committee, and we really appreciate all that you do to provide service to the American Council of Blind. And thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. We will be able now to move forward with getting an announcement out there so everybody could know uh, what, uh, what it's gonna, we're going to move forward with. And I thank you all for this opportunity. Thank you, Kenneth. Great. And thank you, Zelda. Great job. Thank, great. Well done. Um, thank you for addressing our concern. You're welcome. Thank you for bringing it to our attention. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Last on the president's uh, report is item E, which is um, just reminding everybody of our um, when our fall, fall board of directors meeting will be held. So it is uh, November 13th and 14th. Some people have suggested that perhaps we move it a little earlier in the process. Uh, but as we had the, as we looked into it, we have at least one and sometimes two uh, ACB uh, affiliate conventions pretty much every weekend between now and uh, November 13th and 14th, I believe. And so it didn't feel right to uh, to move this fall board meeting earlier and put a, an undue imposition on. 
on on our state affiliates that we're working so hard to be good teammates and work with. So I think we will stick with the November 13th and 14th dates, which we all approved at the last uh, board meeting. We will uh, do a probably a two to six time slot on Friday the 13th, a lucky day. And then on Saturday the 14th, we'll do a normal a nine to five. And I think from eight to night, uh, eight to nine, Kim and Brian are going to treat everybody to to breakfast at their house. <laughs> <laughs> no. We could do a virtual breakfast. Like, uh, what do we all have? Yeah. Brian, well, 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 I'll order egg McMuffins at the same time. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But I did have one question for you guys in, in all seriousness, because we are in different time zones, do we want to make that a little bit? I mean, does two to six still work for everybody? That's what I was just going to ask you actually. on that Friday afternoon or, or would a, a different time be better in Nine to five, that's six in the morning for our West Coast folks. Do we want to at least make it <laughs> 10 or 1030, uh, you know, and go the eight hours there to like 630? I'm open, but I just, I'd love to get feedback from you guys because I want to make sure everybody's comfortable. I was thinking of an 8 a.m. start. I don't, Jeff uh, Bishop wouldn't mind. Oh, no, not all. Well, he, he works in the morning to him. <laughs> I, I've been, he works best at five. I've been on a lot of <laughs> meetings with him at that time. Yeah, he's, yeah but you got to think of poor Denise. You I know, know Denise, oh, Denise, and, okay, Denise right. and others. Hey, Pat, Pat, right. hey, Pat, I'm all for that. If you want to go in from like 8 p.m. to midnight Eastern, I'm fine oh, with that. So seriously, for our West I Coast surrender. folks and our, uh, you know, for everybody, do does two to six work on Friday? Is that a good four-hour segment, or would can we, we can, can we do like a five to nine or a four to eight uh, Eastern? Yeah. I, I I I'm 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 open as long I'm, you know I I'm, I'm flexible. Three, three to seven, that's fine for me. Yeah, four to eight seems like a reasonable Four to eight. I can live with four to eight. Or even a six to ten. No, no. Uh, oh, don't push God. it. Oh, push it, buddy. Oh, Come on. <laughs> and I, I, I do pre- appreciate it a little bit later. I do teach Tai Chi on Friday afternoons till four. Um, yeah. If we can you know, make it four or four thirty, even four, four to eight sounds like a good compromise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, that's kind of yep. That's that's so that four to eight. So that's uh, maybe so we that's get a one, fifteen minute break for a snack. Yeah, one to, <laughs> one to you know, five. We'll Dan's for dinner. He, that's he, right. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Dan Dan spoons that is. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, are we thinking four to eight? Yeah. I'm good with four to eight. Works. Yeah. Works for me. Works for me. Yeah. Works. Okay. Oh, good. All I right. can work. I can work in the morning. <laughs> okay. All right. Four to so eight. Four okay. to eight, which would be one to five on the West Coast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we got to figure out Saturday. Saturday. I think ten thirty sounds pretty good. Ten ten thirty to ten Even even eleven Eastern. Even eleven a.m. Eastern. Why don't we do eleven to seven? Yeah, yeah. The seven. that's yeah. ten to six that's central. So that's yeah, good. And, and if we finish mm-hmm. early, then we finish early. That's that's okay. Finishing early. So everybody good with it's, eleven to seven on uh, on Saturday. That'll do a favor yeah. for Hawaii yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. for Pat. You know, we want to go later for him. That's right. That's yeah, right. yeah. He has Friday nights are long for Pat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
All right. So we're going, uh, we're going four to eight on Friday and 11 to seven on Saturday. Everybody good? Yep. Okay. Thank you all. All right. Next, we're going to go to item number six on the agenda, which is the staff reports. And, uh, I want to turn it over to Executive Director Eric Bridges, and uh, then he'll introduce his staff on down the list and uh, take it away, Eric. Well, thank you, Dan. Uh, Let's see. So uh, we had this little thing called the convention that took place in July, and one of the unmistakable highlights of our convention was the use, the effective use of ACB radio and all of its streams uh, for pushing out uh, content, as Dan referenced earlier in in his president's report. One of the things that has uh, really shown itself since is the content that has been made available uh, through podcast, as well as all of the video that's on our YouTube channel. It's been a really good year for ACB radio. Uh, in terms of uh, the, the you know the the generation of of new innovative creative not just ideas but a new literally new channels have been created like the community channel that features our community calls uh, that have been podcasted so you know the, w- what we're doing right now is we're creating this tremendous amount of content and it started obviously before the convention it started. With the advent of these community calls, which I'll get to <laughs> later in my in my report, but we have all of this new stuff that's out there. We have all of this interest. We have, uh, you know, Alexa skills. We have the prospect of doing even more with uh, Alexa skills um, in the future, which is pretty cool. Um, I, I'd, I'd really like to thank Debbie Hazelton and, and Jason Kassenguay, our, our contractors, um, who have put an endless amount of time and effort into the, the sort of the day-to-day management and upkeep of ACB radio and, and um, making sure that it is well taken care of. Uh, but then also to Jeff Bishop uh, for all of the work that he is, has done and uh, working with me behind the scenes to ensure that all of our digital assets made it into Microsoft Azure. And that includes ACB Radio uh, in time for the convention. And well, we're in an interesting place in time right now where uh, we have ACB Radio, we have the content, we have, you know, a new found... Uh, interest and energy around it. What do we want ACB radio to be and to, to look and sound like in the future? And that, that became abundantly clear as we were going through the year, but the convention sort of was a, for me and for many others that have, have worked with ACB radio, it became a flashpoint of, wow, you know, look at what we can do. So uh, I, I, I chatted with Dan. I chatted with some folks from the ACB Radio Steering Committee uh, about, you know, what what if we were to just take a couple hours one day to really uh, do do brainstorming or visioning about what the future of ACB Radio could look like? Is it just radio? I don't think so. 
I think what we're looking at is media moving forward. Um, I'm not going to get too far ahead of things, but it, it seems quite evident that what we, we, we flex some muscle that I, I'm not sure that we necessarily knew we had until we actually did it. So that part is a little scary as a leader, but I also want to lean into it. Um, I, I don't want to shy away from it. And so what I've done is uh, reached out to Aaron Patera. Aaron Patera is a member of ACD's advisory board. Uh, she is the CEO of FMP Consulting and knows the organization well. Uh, loves loves our mission. Wants to help. She is a management consultant by by uh, training. Even though she's now been the CEO of this uh, firm for about six years. Um, she's assisted us in the past, uh, worked with Dan and I in May of 2018 to do a similar exercise to help really flesh out what we wanted, uh, not just Dan, but, but Kim, uh, Katie Frederick was part of that, uh, uh, discussion as well to flesh out what we wanted the future ACB advisory board to look like. It just so happened that she agreed to sit on it about a year later, but, um, it was a very productive way for us to, to go through uh, utilizing a third party in all of this, because I think we all have some level of ownership uh, over, over ACB radio, or we have our own definite thoughts, uh, which we're absolutely entitled to. But I think in order for us to be able to have a really good, open, honest conversation and to ensure that everybody gets to sort of have a say in what they would like to see for ACB radio, um, to have a third party there to help sort of structure the discussion so that everything is captured. And so next Wednesday morning, uh, Aaron will be facilitating a discussion with uh, Dan and I and the ACB Radio Steering Committee. And I'm, I'm really excited about it because the future is very bright. I just want us to be able to uh, develop a plan and, and some focus so that we can... Uh, really understand where it is we want to go and how, how we might be able to get there. So uh, happy to take any questions or comments on this. Okay. The second agenda item is, and, and I'll invite Sorry, Cindy Eric, to, I do yeah. have one thing I, I, I didn't hear. Did you say there was a budget ramification for that? Well, we'll see. <laughs> That's part of the discussion as well. But the okay. workshop itself, no. I mean, Aaron is no. doing this all, all uh, as an pro advisory bono. board member. Yeah, yeah, as part of a yeah. Got it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the second agenda item is really talking about uh, the ACB community events, uh, the group, the Facebook group, the email lists, and all of the goodness uh, that is being led right now by by Cindy Hollis. Um, I'd like to invite you to unmute and kind of have a colloquy with me here, Cindy. Uh, she doesn't have a formal report to, to provide tonight, but I, I did. I would be remiss if we didn't highlight a couple of really astonishing uh, achievements. Uh, one is that the email list for folks to subscribe to to get the daily community events in their inbox. We've we've topped a thousand subscribers to that actually i believe it's a thousand sixteen which is um it's quite amazing because that that's been out just what uh a few months cindy since yeah what, April? since 
May? Uh, May. Mm-hmm. May. Okay. And then the ACB uh, Facebook community group topped a thousand uh, members uh, last week, correct? And it's up to a thousand twenty-six. A thousand twenty-nine, just All before right. the yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that started in June fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and, and that was an end result of all the folks that were coming onto these community calls that wanted to have a way to communicate with one another and to share outside of the community calls. So what we're building here is something that's, that's, it's pretty astonishing. It's, it's really cool. Um, and this feeds into the previous discussion we were having with ACB radio. Um, you're hearing more and more, community events be uh, streamed live on ACB radio. There's the ACB radio community channel um, and the the Alexa skill where you can actually ask her to, uh, to open ACB radio community and she will do that. So it's, uh, it's quite a, quite a credit to, to Cindy, a big group of volunteer members who are assisting Cindy in this effort as well. Before the convention, we had what, Cindy, six, six uh, Zoom hosts? Yeah, dedicated hosts, yes. And now we've got 20, right? Yes. With 20 more in the wings waiting. Mm. Yes. So there's a lot. There's a lot of interest. There's a lot of... One of the other things that, that I was talking with Cindy about is like, what we're doing is we're training people like on the job type stuff. These These skill sets that they're learning have real value in today's uh, sort of setting as we are all virtual. Having having uh, folks know how to utilize Zoom effectively. I've, I've heard lots of stories about uh, blind, <laughs> blind friends of mine or colleagues of mine that will go and do things with a church or with happy hours with sighted friends. And they're the ones that are actually helping the sighted friends raise hands, uh, giving them mm-hmm. commands on what to do <laughs> to be recognized or how to mute, which sounds ridiculous. But, um, you know, what we're doing is we're, we're training people. And through this whole process, we've, we've sort of forced the issue in uh, educating and training our membership on how to utilize Zoom. Uh, if you remember, low so many months ago, we were a free conference call uh, heavy organization and now it's all but gone and we're, we're utilizing zoom so pretty pretty cool stuff how many sessions do you guys how many of these community events do you guys think we've had since march um 1200 <laughs> I know we had 74 so, this week, so that is correct, which is an all-time high, yeah. which wow. will likely be eclipsed soon. So By we next had week. 902, correct, Cindy? Yeah, 902. Wow. So um, pretty amazing uh, with, what, 30,000 participants since March. 30,000. Not all of them are unique. We have some repeat offenders that like to go to these events, like yours truly (laughs) but even still that is in the thousands and thousands of unique folks that have come uh and participated and learned and made friends and 
have, you know, uh, joined our ACB uh, Facebook community group and have become members. Mm-hmm. So, hey, Eric. Yes. I just wanted to mention one other thing too. Um, about about a couple of weeks after the convention, we received an email from Amazon. Actually, we received a, a contact request from the ACB Radio website from a program manager on the Amazon Alexa team. And uh, I reached out to them and uh, we had a what I thought was going to be a five-minute conversation turned out to be about an hour, an hour and a half conversation about the way that we were using Alexa in our organization. And they um, took significant notice of the use of Alexa and our uh, during, during the, during the convention. And um, because they now have ways of tracking statistics on how many listens people are, you know, getting for skills that are used and we spiked big time uh, on Alexa. Um, Eric and I have a meeting tomorrow with Amazon and we'll probably have more to report out later on that. But just to suffice it to say, the convention reached people we did not expect. And we've been trying to get a hold of uh, Amazon to get their attention about Alexa skills for quite some time. So yes, we have. it took the convention to do it. So <laughs> just wanted to mention that. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that call tomorrow. Well, the other thing that's happening, um, we're maxing out, right? We're having to increase the size of our Zoom account because we're we're hitting the limits. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out Cindy can be entertaining. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thunk? Wow. Well, yeah. Wow. Thanks. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan, you know, and guys, you know, one of the things you mentioned about how this training can help. Uh, in other areas, I'm actually involved in a local community political uh, town political organization. Um, <clears throat> our president that was part of our group, he left to actually run for village trustee position. Guess who's doing the Zoom stuff? I'm doing it. And I finally found a good use for the waiting room. <laughs> so that was um, that was something. So just, you know, I thanks to Cindy and the folks that uh, helped me get trained. Uh, and what little learning I did uh, to the, that I was able to offer those services to that group. Yep. It's, <clears throat> it's pretty, pretty amazing. And, and we're going to see all these skills come into play uh, over the next several months here when we have, you know, what Jeff and Debbie, I don't know, maybe double digit uh, uh, state affiliate conventions that are going to be held virtually. And, and these facilitators are going to be, you know, part of the solution for all of those affiliates so it's it's really exciting and it's yeah, and one, Debbie and one and thing I, I wanted to admit oh sorry go ahead i'm Debbie. sorry i just wanted no, to add fine. we're getting more streamers as well and many of these community calls are turning into regular shows but we're also going to bring more of the community calls over to mainstream and and um we're doing a lot more with podcasts thanks to jeff as well so those are all really exciting uh we, w- we will be announcing in the next week or so ways for people to engage with all of our alexa skills by simply clicking a link to launch uh alexa skills on any of their alexa devices within their homes so stay tuned for that Whoa. so there's some exciting things happening there too very good eric yes if 
can I chime in just a little bit about some of what you you uh, reported on? Sure. Just, just want to say that we've had, uh, you know, the Braille Revival League does their Braille buzz call. I, I don't think they've ever come close to this, but they had 100 people on last week's call and uh, turned people away. And before being on the community platform, I, I doubt they had much more than 20 on their those calls. So No, we had 50 on one. Okay, 50 on one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been... Uh, and then, of course, Family Feud also topped out at the 100. Uh, and we have the dating game coming up on Saturday. People really love having fun. That's what we've learned. Uh, so we've been doing lots of fun things on the weekends. We also have a lot of educational stuff going on, edu- um, exercise. Uh, uh, we've been invited. We were invited today to speak about some of the healthier options of things that we're offering. Um on uh at a program in portland so people are noticing us and uh coming up with new new ideas Mm -hmm. for calls all of the time and uh i just i really appreciate uh the fact that people are kind of stepping out of their comfort zone i never could have imagined this i've been asked if if covid didn't happen would we be doing these right now and I say absolutely not. Um, I mean, I think it, it might have eventually, we might have tried something like this. This is so organic. And I think that's why it's so amazing. And just so grateful to Eric that he allowed me to uh, just jump in it with both feet, literally, and both arms and everything else. <laughs> um uh, because really it's brought a lot of people out of the woodwork that, you know, members that I didn't know and new members that I didn't know and people that aren't members yet um, are coming alongside us and wanting to take part and be involved. So it's a pretty amazing place to be right now on board. If I could just encourage you to join us on some of our calls, I'd really love you guys to experience what I've gotten to experience several times over, over the last five months. And that is a community of folks in ACB who really care about one another and, um, you know, are, are surviving and thriving through this pandemic because of what we are offering them. Uh, Cindy, I was on our lighthouse, uh, I'm on our lighthouse board here in central Florida and I was on a board call Tuesday and uh, their program director was talking about, even though they're having their clients and their training, they're really, you know, they're, they're, participants in their rehab are, are feeling isolated. And so I really, I would like to put you in touch with him. And I think there's a bigger play here that perhaps we, through Vision Serve Alliance with Lee Nasahi, who's a member of our advisory board, I, I think we could really reach out to the rehab centers who all have mm-hmm. clients who are really wanting sure. community involvement. Yeah. And, and we've got so many different things to offer from from crafts to recipes to socials to training. It's, it's just amazing. You crafts. Know? Yeah. I call them my crazy craft ladies. I swear to you, they took something that was going to be one hour twice a month, and they are putting out about 18 hours of content a month now. 
They have email, email lists, plural, Facebook group. And they do classes on Thursdays for knitting and loom knitting and needle knitting. And they're going to start crocheting on Tuesdays. And they have something every Sunday. And these, they are serious. Let me tell you, don't get in their way. Yeah, I, I think there's opportunity to really reach out to yeah. uh, to, to these yeah, agencies. I think that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Uh, one other quick thing, uh, Cindy. Would you like to make a, an announcement about? Uh, if I can, personal? of course, absolutely. I let's, do. let's do it now. Okay, um, I am just so excited. Uh, as you guys know, I've been working a lot of hours and doing this community thing, and um, it means that I can't necessarily do a lot of the other things I would like to be doing. And uh, so as uh, things have fallen into place, we are going to have an intern working with me starting on Monday. Um, And many of you will know her because she came to us through the community uh, uh, and joined, was not a member, but became a member, started hosting with us. Um, So she is one of my main hosts Worked a lot at convention, and that's Nat or Natalia Ratcliffe. All right, all right. And I am just Yay. so excited. Um, yeah, so she'll be great. working with us 24, 25 hours per week, starting on Monday. Uh, Nat is a student at Cal State Dominguez Hills, and uh, she is communication majoring in communications and Ooh. public relations. She's a junior this year. So, yes, wonderful. I am right. so happy. Yay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah and, and this is being funded through the state of California. Yes. So, thank you, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she'll be, she'll be with us through what end of November. And yeah. About the end of November. And potentially adjusted as well. Be. Yes. So, yeah. Well, Cindy, Cindy has, uh, she's created her own Frankenstein. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, this is, this is uh, a credit to her and her, uh, energy and, and creativity mm-hmm. and, uh, being able to basically, she's grown her own help, um, with Nat, <laughs> which is really cool guys. Right. That I mean, really this is. is somebody that wasn't a member, didn't really do anything with ACB uh, until what April of this year. Yeah, now early. she's mm-hmm. a member and not just a member, but one of those familiar voices that you hear when you get on a community call. Yeah. And, hey, so, um, and thank you, Mika, for inviting her to come to begin with and Mika for also helping me with training. So, I mean, it, this is just, it really does take a village to do all this, you guys. Yeah. So lots mm-hmm. of volunteers. And yeah. anyone that wants zoom training should come to the community call Monday at 4 PM Eastern because Mika is doing an excellent job with that. And I still yes. hear people talking about being afraid of zoom and wanting to learn it for their conventions. And that's a great place to go. Even though webinar is what we're using, it's, it's still very close. Good thing. Thank to you. Know both. Yeah. And, and Ray, I think you wanted to be recognized. I just wanted to say, I just wanted to second something that Cindy said, I encourage each of us on this board to try to get on these calls. It really, you really get a, 
feel of what the ACB, who the ACB membership is and what it's all about. And uh, not only join the calls, but if you feel so inclined, um, you know, Cindy probably can always use people to help host and, and um, that sort of thing. And, uh, but it's really, really just a, a great way to m- meet the membership and, the, the people that we're here to serve. And uh, it's, yeah, I, I think it's, it's a terrific. lot of new people. It's a lot it of really new people, guys. It really and is. That, and that's, the, that's one of the most enter- like encouraging things that brings me a lot of energy getting on these calls is I don't know a lot of these people. And, mm-hmm. and they're all different, um, I don't know, shapes and sizes, ages, whatever. You know, you know it's, uh, it's a pretty diverse uh, crew of yes. folks. And it's huge. It's, yeah. And, and I would just say that, too, um, it's really what's really been neat is to get on a call and, you know, I've gone to affiliate conventions and then I hear somebody's voice that I saw at an affiliate convention or, or whatever. And uh, mm-hmm. um, it's been really uh, uh, it's just really a, jo- a joy to, to, to get on these calls and and, and it's a joy to ho- and not only get on them, but host them. And it's uh, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. All right. Well, Cindy, thanks so much. Or uh, Mr. Executive Director, this is Dan Dillon. I'd just like to say, uh, compliment uh, Cindy, what a wonderful job you're doing with these community calls. And and, uh, I know we we tried to have a call a few weeks ago about the, um, you know, sports for the blind and, and, which it's, you know, we, it was a good call. We didn't have as many participants as I'd like, but I'm not giving up on that. We're going to have another one someday. But what I have found, uh, Cindy and Eric and, and Dan, is so many of our members are afraid to leave that comfort zone at home. And I think that's one of our biggest challenges. You know, we provide all these opportunities to get out of the home and get involved with blind bowling, blind golf, uh, tandem bike riding, so many things, but it's hard to get them to, to make that big, that take that fir- first big step. And that's, I think we need to focus on that. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Dan. All, All right. right. So Mr. President, I had just one other thing under the uh, always interesting other category. Yes. Um, so, uh, many of you probably saw an announcement that came out yesterday uh, from Apple announcing uh, that they were seeking to um, recruit for blind, visually impaired musicians and vocalists for the TV show C, which is the you know the post-apocalyptic show where all the characters are blind and it's 600 years in the future, but it feels like 800 years in the past. Anyway, it's the whole thing that we've talked about. Um, there's a, there's an interesting backstory to that announcement that came out yesterday. Last December, uh, Claire and Kelly and I were invited to attend an event that Apple was holding at the uh, Carnegie Library in Washington, D.C., where Apple has a huge presence. And it, there was a panel presentation uh, by uh, the the sort of the leaders of the TV show C. And so one of the individuals that was on the panel is a gentleman named Francis Lawrence. Some of you may recognize his name. He's an enormous Hollywood director. He's directed 
uh, all of the Hunger Games movies, as well as I Am Legend and Red Sparrow and a bunch of other movies. He directed the first four episodes of C for season one. Uh, the head costume, head of costume uh, for, for C was there, along with Joe Strecce. And, and a lot of you may remember Joe. He spoke at our, uh, did the, the, the lunch uh, keynote during the president's meeting this year. And uh, Joe Strecce is, is blind. He's now a co-producer uh, of C. And uh, he was there when Claire Stanley stood up and asked a question. She asked if any of the music in the show was performed by people who are blind or visually impaired. And there was this dead silence in this huge auditorium. And Francis Lawrence said, no, and I don't know why. And so it sparked a whole discussion amongst like a couple hundred people in the audience and the panelists, like, why couldn't we? And, and the whole thing that Claire kind of had a back and forth with them about is, you know, the musically inclined uh, folks who are blind and visually impaired, there's quite a number of us. And so after that happened, um, Joe and I kept in touch about um, different things, but every month, I would raise this with him when we spoke. And uh, lo and behold, uh, last week he said, hey, this is actually going to happen. <laughs> and so that announcement came out yesterday and it has everything to do with ACB. And, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, a question that was asked in public uh, that now, you know, they're going to, you know, they're, they've been actively recruiting for blind actors. Now they're going to be actively mm -hmm. recruiting blind musicians. So pretty cool stuff. So thank you, Claire. Good work. Um, Mr. That President, rocks. this is Dan Dillon again. I, I don't talk that much, but tonight for some reason I'm talking a lot. And what Carrie, uh, what Eric just said uh, made me think of our last uh, conference call, the Tennessee Council of the Blind. Uh, we're not having a convention this year, but we're having some Zoom calls though. And and our guest on our last meeting was uh, a lady uh, from the Tennessee Council of the Blind. They've changed their name. I don't know what it is now. But anyway, and I've asked, I've asked her this question before. I, I've, I've said, how many visually impaired people do you have working at the library? And she said, at this, at this time, we don't have any. Well, you know, I've asked her this question year after year after year. And I just think it's important to ask those questions like Claire ask that question thank you right on mr president that uh, that's all i have thank you eric and uh now we'll hear from uh clark rackful our advocacy director so clark yeah thanks dan and the, the items that i'm going to touch on tonight are accessible absentee voting as well as um, audio description um, so on the voting front Things are very active. And as, as folks know, we've been working on this for basically all of COVID, especially for accessible absentee voting. And I'm happy to report we've had some tremendous success in this arena. And not just ACB National, but many of our affiliates and members as well. Um, so... Some of this success has come through legislation like that passed in West Virginia with the assistance of the Mountain State Council 
of the Blind earlier this year. Also in Massachusetts, with the assistance of the Bay State Council, some of this progress has come through the filing of lawsuits, um, and we have seen the the initial success and the minor setbacks that we've encountered in New York, as well as um, the success in Florida with the Florida Council of the Blind. And there, there are still several cases that are ongoing, pending, including Virginia, which we hope to have good news that we can share soon, as well as North Carolina and other states still considering their next steps. And then lo and behold, some states have just, states and territories have just gone ahead and done the right thing all on their own, um, including the District of Columbia, where uh, Claire testified at a public hearing. Um, and New Jersey and Delaware. Um, I don't want to try to name them all because I'm, I'm sure I will forget some. Uh, in addition to even uh, Tennessee, where Dan Dillon was just talking about, um, some of our members were involved in the actions there. Um, this is still very much a, a live issue, and we hope that it maintains as a priority even beyond the fall 2020 elections. The spotlight won't be as bright. Um, It won't have that much attention nationally, but maybe that means that uh, when folks don't have microphones and cameras shoved in their faces, we might even be able to accomplish more in the states that have been slow going thus far. Uh, And while the, the current legal cases or legislative work is still pending, One of the areas that we are shifting our focus to, along with the cross-disability community, as well as our affiliates, is voter education. We want to make sure that as the voting laws and regulations and procedures are changing, that folks are have the tools that they need to be able to identify a plan on how they're going to vote, uh, whether that is absentee or in person, and providing resources that they can do so safely, privately, and independently. Um, any voting questions? Um, Clark, Clark, this is Dan. I just uh, want to thank you again, you and Claire and team, for all your efforts there. And to kind of, I think, highlight the progress that we're making, uh, just sharing that that Eric and I received an, uh, an invitation and, and with a conversation from uh, Mark Riccobono from the National Federation of the Blind asking for a meeting for us to coordinate on accessible voting, which we had uh, last week and really had a very good conversation. He wanted to understand the process in Florida and really kind of... Uh, uh, you know, I think after a, a, a very good conversation, we, we basically uh, agreed that we are, you know, kind of working in a very common goal towards accessible voting. And so I, I think it was a very good, a very good step. And I want to thank Clark, you know, pointed out our, our voter accessible voting toolkit that we put together, our, our letter that was our sign on letter that went to Congress and just, you know, all the work that we're doing. And I think, uh, it was a very, uh, very good call, and we agreed to get together after the election and have another conversation. So I think that's a good step forward. That, that's a great point, Dan. I'll just add that uh, ACB of New York 
is an organizational plaintiff along with NFB of New York in the legal proceeding there. Um, the same is true in the lawsuit for accessible absentee voting in Virginia. Both ACB of Virginia and NFB of Virginia are working together there. Um, and then outside of litigation, um, the folks in ACB of Indiana are in communication with NFB of Indiana. Um, and I was able to join Carla Rushville with ACB of Kentucky this week um, in a conversation with Disability Rights Kentucky, the Protection and Advocacy Organization, as well as NFB of Kentucky. Um, so there, there's plenty of collaboration going around between ACB, NFB, the cross-disability community, as well as the, um, the PNA network on, on this very important issue. Uh, can I interrupt for one second? This is Penny. I don't know if I'm allowed to speak, but um, you, you most certainly are allowed to speak, <laughs> Penny. We, we, we rec okay, get, get welcome and recognize you. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I wanted to tell you that uh, ACB of Maine recently achieved accessible voting and for their primary, they got it done within about a week. Um, they filed a complaint when people were told that they had to vote. Um, they couldn't come to the polls. There weren't enough poll workers. And they said, well, you can't exclude us. And um, I, I think we should be very proud of them. And most of the people who worked on that issue were people in ACB of Maine. Uh, thank you for sharing that, Penny. And that, that was a tremendous victory there in Maine because it allows for accessible electronic Online ballot delivery, marking, right. and ballot return. That's and we should wonderful. give Lynn Merrill credit for that because she's the one that filed the lawsuit. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, I just wanted to mention also uh, here in Illinois, we have begun working with our NFB colleagues. They they actually had contacted our state board of elections um, initially, and they've had a couple of meetings, and we're uh, joining with them on this uh, effort. Um, I can tell you here in Illinois, as unfortunately usually happens, we caught them uh, caught them flat-footed on this. I was going to say another saying, but I won't. We caught them flat-footed. Um, they actually. The good news is they they've they've got a system identified that they want to use, um, and uh, we'll just see what happens. But uh, we're involved with them as well, so um, hopefully we'll get something done. Get something done here. Uh Clark, this is Dan Dillon again from Tennessee. Uh, we do have accessible voting, um, and uh, NFB did play a, an important part, which is fine. I mean, anytime we can work, ACB can work with NFB, I think that is a good thing. But <clears throat> you do have to have a computer. And, of course, my concern, being so backward, is what about people that don't have computers Yada, yada, yada. Okay, so the, the only answer I can come up with is to go to the, the poll booth and, and use that accessible voting machine, and that's what I plan to do. So mm -hmm. uh, if, you, if you can think of any other alternative, uh, I'd like to know, but I think that's the only thing. So thank you. Thank you for that, uh, raising that issue, Dan. Um, and that is a, a legitimate concern, not only if people do not have a computer, um, whether that's by choice or that's by the, uh, whatever situation they find themselves in, um, it is a, a legitimate concern and issue. Um, that's one of the reasons when we're advocating on this issue, we encourage states and localities to adopt 
a full catalog of voting options. Um, and when asked, I'll even support, and I think ACB should support curbside voting. Now, you might ask, why is that? You know, people who are blind can't vote curbside, but it's an additional option that is in the voting catalog that is available for uh, you know, people with you know, multiple disabilities, immune deficiencies, um, but it also gets fewer people into the physical polling places where people who are blind may find themselves voting. Or if electronic voting via computer is not an option for folks, the option to either vote early um, at their polling precinct or to have a, a traveling board or have someone bring an accessible ballot marking device to the voter. Um, I think it's really important that we have as many options as possible so that voters are able to use the method that best suits their needs. All right. Thanks, everybody, on that item. Clark? Sure. And then the, the next item on audio description. And uh, Dan and I were talking earlier today, and I tell you what, anyone who was a part of the uh, audio description project steering committee meeting last night, uh, you'll know that there is a lot going on in the space of audio description. Uh, one of the, the biggest issues is that the Federal Communications Commission uh, introduced a notice of proposed rulemaking to expand from the top 60 broadcast designated market areas or DMA around, DMAs around the country that must provide or pass through audio description for the four main broadcasters, your ABC, CBS, Fox, and NBC, to the top 100 markets. Um, that'll be introduced to 10 designated market areas a year for the next four years. ACB submitted comments supporting that expansion. We also received over 30 comments from ACB members from designated markets as large as New York and Los Angeles that are markets one and two um, to markets like Topeka and Cortland, New York, um, small towns outside of Little Rock and in Mississippi. Um, so really showed the breadth of the organization, as well as the diverse geographic spread of our members who all spoke in favor of being able to receive audio description from their over-the-air broadcasters. Initially, the National Association of Broadcasters, the, the trade group for the over-the-air broadcasters, um, filed comments you know, supporting the expansion, but opposing how soon it would be implementing. They wanted to delay the implementation. And we filed reply comments, um, basically rebutting their delay, that it, it shouldn't be a blanket delay. There's already um, economic hardship waivers in place in the Communications Video Accessibility Act. So any individual broadcaster that's facing an economic burden can apply for that waiver. Um, and oh, by the way, every broadcaster should already have this technology in place because they're required to pass through accessible emergency alerts. Um, we received word just the other week that the National Association of Broadcasters is going to drop their opposition to the expansion. Um, they, well, we'll just, they found the light. One way or another, they came to the light and they, they agreed that this issue wasn't, uh, wasn't worth crying over. 
Um, so we're, we're certainly happy to, to hear that. And we anticipate the FCC to finalize their rulemaking uh, with this expansion in place. Um, that being said, we've also had conversations with the National Association of Broadcasters about um, the upcoming fall TV lineup and what that means for the available number of hours of audio description. And long story short there, studios are shut down, new content is not being produced. Um, for example, uh, whichever Eric knows which, which network airs all of the, the Chicago shows, um, you know, police, fire, hospital, Chicago, something, something, something. Um, and they're all audio <laughs> described, right? But the, the network, you know, in lieu of showing new shows, they're only going to show ones from the past couple years, you know, modern programming, which have all also already been audio described. And due to the rerun rule, um, after the second airing won't count towards the regulatory 87 and a half hours for audio description. So the broadcasters were just letting us know that if the, if the studios remain shut down and they have to show reruns, um, you know, the devil will still be in the details, but they're letting us know that there could potentially be a waiver in place and they would uh, hope that we would not oppose such a waiver. Uh, we made it. We made it clear to them, and we plan to have future conversations. That you know, if as a result you can't show new print programming with audio description, uh, you better as heck better be showing program old programming that has audio description as well. Um, so I'm sure more will be to come on that issue. Um, and just while I'm on the topic of audio description, I would just like to, to give a shout out and uh, commend JoLynn Bailey-Page and Brett Opegard from the Uni Description Project for the sixth uh, Descriptathon, which took place last week. And folks like uh, Dan Spoon, Kim Charlson, Debbie Grubb, um, Doug Powell, Pat Sheehan, uh, I'm sure I think Dan Dillon was there as well. And, and many other ACB members were involved in that process. And it was just amazing to see how the park service engages in the descriptathon and also how the descriptions evolve over such a short period of time. Any questions on audio description or our conversations with the National Associations of Broadcasters. Clark, this is Kim. Hi, Kim. Do you want to share the information, maybe you and Dan, about um, the Reuben letter? I will leave that to Dan. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. It kind of snuck in after the agenda, so you couldn't put it on your president's report, but I'd be delighted if you shared with the board a little bit about it. Sure. Um, um, thanks, Kim. Uh, yeah, my uh, Leslie's yelling at me, but can you all hear me? Yes, yes sir. Okay. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, just uh, David Rubin is uh, the president of the Academy of Motion Pictures, which is, you know, best known for, you know, hosting the Oscars and, um, of course, our audio description project and our media subcommittee uh, had worked to send a letter really 
asking him to consider uh, engagement in really four different areas. Um, first, we were kind of, you know, very disappointed that the, um, you know, the best uh, picture nomination and award winner, uh, Parasite, was not audio described. So, again, as blind and visually impaired people, we did not get an opportunity to have audio description on that movie in the theaters. So, our first concern was really to say, that we would like uh, the academy to consider that that all that all um, best picture nominated movies be audio described. Uh, the second issue was we wanted to talk to them about a new museum that they are opening here at the end of this year, and that they give full consideration for accessibility and audio description capabilities inside the museum. Uh, third was really to look at uh, perhaps uh, in the future offering an Academy Award associated with audio description uh, through their science and technology uh, awards. And fourth was really looking at their back catalog and was there opportunity for some of their Oscar winning films for them to go back and be audio described for, for new generations to view and listen to. Uh, and so, we had not heard back from him for months. We actually wrote before the COVID-19 virus hit. And on, um, on Wednesday morning, I actually received a letter from him, a very, very uh, responsive letter. Um, first, announcing that their plans were not for the 93rd Oscars, which are going to happen this uh, January, February, with the COVID-19 and may even be virtual, you know, all that that's going on. But by the 94th Oscars, so the ones in 2021, their expectation was that they were going to require all movies nominated for Best Picture be audio described, which we thought was really, really amazing. Uh, second, they listed a just a whole long list of all the things they're doing, everything from making their website WCAG 2.0 compliant and all down through there of all the things they were doing uh, in their new museum to provide, uh, you know, accessibility and audio description. Uh, including all their films and presentations and different things. And so, and then third, uh, they took our letter and he was encouraged and forwarded it to the, um, uh, you know, science and technology division of the Oscars to consider uh, our request for uh, uh, an, uh, an Oscar in the area of audio description. Uh, and then fourth, he also took to the committee, sent to the committee, uh, you know, with uh, for for the classic movies to look at doing additional audio description there. So it was a very very positive letter. Uh, we will have you know uh, we're composing a response letter. We want to reach out and you know continue the dialogue and be a you know good working companion uh, as we move forward. But it was just I think um, you know a very very good letter and I think really speaks volume of all the work that the uh, ADP steering committee has done here over the last uh, several years. And, and I think, uh, as Carl Richards said, said, I think a lot of the, the genesis of this is the work we've done with all the streaming services. And once you kind of say that Netflix and Amazon and Apple, you know, can all provide 100% of their original content with audio description, it's hard to understand why others can't. And so, 
Um, anyway, it was, um, I'll, Kim, I'll let you say a few words as well, but uh, being the, the chair, a co-chair of the audio description project, but I just, uh, it's, it's really, really encouraging. We also got a really good letter back from the 9-11 Museum, and they're going to meet with us next week. So, uh, as I've said several times, I think at this point in time in our society, in our country, in 2020, people are listening. It's hard for people to make change when things are going well, but when we're, when we're working as a society through a lot of struggles and difficulties, I really think it opens people's minds and hearts to, to inclusion. And, and I think we need to just continue to be advocates and taking um, not advantage, but just, you know, don't, don't let this moment pass us by. So. Thanks, Dan. I don't think I could have said it better. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. I mean, this is exciting. Good, good stuff, and well written, and you know, uh, but we've got some really you know, superstars that really von- volunteer their time in the ADP area. So, thanks so much, uh, Clark. Are you is that uh, end of the advocacy report, Clark? Think it might think it might be. Uh, so next, we are going to hear from uh, Tony oh, Steve. Uh, sorry, there, Dan. I was just going to add. Sorry, I was yeah. Uh, sorry, talking on mute. Just going to add one more thing. So Dan Dillon mentioned blind sports earlier tonight, a topic near and dear to my heart. Um, this is a, a space um, exercise in fitness that ACB has made some uh, pretty significant strides. Here this year, we had the announcement with Peloton Interactive about adding the Google Talkback screen reader to the Peloton bike, um, which went public just before the virtual conference and convention. Over the past two weeks, we've had a panel with Achilles International as a community event, uh, an organization that provides guides and during COVID-19 virtual workouts for people who are blind and visually impaired. And one of their their director of uh, triathlon uh, sports led a workout uh, this past Monday evening as a community event. And we're also talking with the U.S. Association of Blind Athletes about how we can um, create, host, and and, uh, drive participants to participate in National Blind Sports Day coming up in early October. Uh, One of the this is not a standalone issue, but this also ties into the ongoing work that we're attempting to do in the diabetes and healthcare space, um, especially for folks who have diabetes-related vision loss or other um, you know, comorbidity health risks due to their vision loss. So I'm sure stay tuned and more to come in this arena. And that's it for me. All right. Thank you, Clark. Excellent presentation and great work. And uh, next, we're going to hear from Tony Stevens, uh, Development Director and uh, kind of our overall Director of Sustainability, which we consider development and communication. So, Tony. Thank you very much, Mr. President. Good evening, everybody. Hope everyone is safe and well, particularly folks down on the Gulf. At a time when there's a lot going on in our country, Uh, In terms of the pandemic, I think everybody can remember back to the board meeting on March 30th and the serious conversations that were taking place, uh, similar somewhat to the one we had at the start of the call this evening, 
but there was a point of not knowing necessarily what the future would 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 unfold for us uh, when the decision was made to go to a virtual convention uh, and we were realizing how the economy was reeling not just in the United States but globally uh, not just ACB but the entire nonprofit 1.5 million nonprofits in the United States we began to sweat I think it's fair to say that we heard earlier about the success of the convention in just a participation level. As folks know, it's one of our biggest opportunities in the year to raise revenue for ACB. I mean, we have our more steady systems of revenue coming in, like through the thrift stores and through other sources. But hands down, it's our big, it's our big chance to, to step out and perform in a sense of, uh, you know, in, in terms of how we can ascertain supporters in all variety of ways. Um, we weren't sure, you know, there was, there was a great sense of uncertainty. Should we, should we bring our expectations low going into it? Uh, and, but a number of the RDC committees that Dan uh, faithfully is chairing and leading, and I've had an opportunity to work with closely over the past six months now that I've been on, on staff back again, uh, you know, uh, said, let's, let's give it all we got. And it's exciting to share with everybody that that was yielding huge success for us. Uh, we have surpassed all goals and expectations of, of what we had going into convention. Uh, and as many of you know, we blew through those uh, extremely well in some cases. Uh, things like the auction, as you know, uh, raised significantly higher, more than 20% higher than the previous record, over $33,000 up from previous $25,000. Uh, individual sponsorships was significantly up. I don't have the exact number in front of me, Nancy. I think it was like over 17,000 compared to 13,000. Uh, we had the raffle was, was well into the mid twenties. Uh, so great work for, for David and for Alan and everybody that really helped with the raffle. Uh, we had, uh, in terms of our corporate sponsorship, uh, you know, we did have some folks that was the area where we did realize that there are some of these external things at play that were a reality check. Uh, so, you know, we heard from folks like Uber and some other partners we've had over the years that just were not in a situation to give this year. But nevertheless, we still raised over $265,000, which was extremely well, uh, well received, I believe, in a lot of ways uh, to, to realize we still had a lot, of, a lot of support. Now, of course, some of those contributions, as folks know, started before the pandemic began when those promises came in. Uh, but nevertheless, it was still an outstanding uh, support from across the board from folks and a number of sponsors stepping up to additional levels. Uh, and I'm excited to share this evening uh, that uh, our, our final thing that we were really sort of striving for in terms of uh, a chance to raise revenue uh, that's always anchored around the convention is the ACB walk. And that was a goal of $90,000 to close August 31st. Um, we came very close to that goal up into the convention, shy of, I'd say, about 10 12%. But uh, thanks to a uh, push last week, we have now passed the $90,000. So we're at $90,240 for the ACB walk. Uh, collectively, we're looking at well over $430,000 in revenue raised at the convention. Uh, we're still sort of closing out some numbers. And this does not include, I'm using little air quotes next to my head, the MMS. Uh, Erica, the new, who's new with our staff, has done an outstanding job of jumping right in, uh, right, out, uh, right away, and working to get MMS folks, not just in September, you know, typically when the folks will sort of begin to, to um, that had signed up during convention to get involved through MMS as a, as a form of monthly support, uh, but, but she was able to get folks uh, signed up in August. 
And so revenue is already coming in from the 80 plus people that Gene and George tirelessly uh, worked to uh, engage with. Uh, it was it was exciting. I had a call with Gene and George a few weeks ago. We'll be seeing out thank yous to all the new people. And, and in addition to larger thanks to the MMS program shortly. Uh, but, you know, it was, it was so exciting that uh, they were saying that when we would do a pitch on air, as it were, it was kind of like public television uh, where the phones would start ringing and they would start getting emails. And so it was very exciting to have an immediate response. I think it's one of the big takeaways about the virtual convention is it allowed us to have in some ways an immediate response. If we made a pitch online, Nancy would start, you know, probably probably cursing my name in the Minneapolis office because phones would start ringing. Um, in that sense, uh, you know, I think a, a lot of credit needs to go uh, to you all as, as members of the board who, you know, as the RDC committee chairs, Leslie and the auction and everyone working on the auction. Um, we were fortunate to have, uh, you know, Donna leading the walk and, and others and Dan and others and helping out with the walk. Um, and just, just across the board, everybody on the RDC uh, groups, the mini mall, uh, in addition, was was uh, was like Thursday, Friday after Thanksgiving, um, which had created you know some growing pains in our Minneapolis office that we're we're working through ways to try to improve uh, that area. But in terms of you know all all expectations mm-hmm. revenue with the board uh, in terms of the convention, uh, thank you all. Uh, you know particularly to like uh, some of our top with the walk, Jim and Kim, your teams, but all the teams all the way down and all the individuals that gave. We had some people give that are that are new folks at the very end to help get us over that $90,000, which are folks that have been really engaged and activated through Cindy's community. Uh, so I think all these things are working in tandem that we've heard earlier and that people are really finding a value in ACB. Uh, in terms of where we're looking at now after the convention, you know, we're still focused on a major campaign, both in the traditional sense of our direct mail, we always do at the end of the year, but that's going to transcend over into online uh, campaign as well. Uh, and, and sort of getting ready for that, uh, I've been fortunate to to be able to seek counsel from some people that I, I really respect. And two of them are on the call this evening. Maybe the other two are listening in as well. Um, but that's a, a small major donor group. And Bill Reeder, who everyone had a chance to meet at the end of February as well, that's providing sort of a, you know, a consultation, you know, and on the advisory board sense for us, uh, has also, will also be getting involved with that. I'd like to thank Jim and Alice, who's also on this call, uh, for stepping up and saying you're, you're, you'll, you'll be willing to help out. We'll be meeting once a month and really helping sort of hone in um, what is the value and, and, and who, who can we most focus uh, you know, toward in the sense of targeting as we move into a large campaign. Because uh, you know, we're going to really still need that to move into the next year because uh, we're not out of this yet, everybody. But the excitement from the convention, I think, was very positive. So thanks to everybody that worked very hard on that. Um, so that's the donor advisory committee I'd mentioned as well. Uh, there this is the four, the other two are, are Kathy Schmidt Whitaker, uh, folks may know from California and Roger Bridges, uh, who folks know as well. Um, giving a perspective as someone who's not ah, super fan so, Roger, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's and, and from a parent's perspective, we have to remember as well. So, you know, one of the things we're focused in specifically <laughs> is not just the people who are, um, you know, the, the folks that, that are our usual suspects of Americans who are blind or visually impaired, but their friends, their family, the people that have those personal connections, the people that can be friends of ACB. And so as we look to grow exponentially, our, our points of contact and relationships and ways to try to engage people in hopes that maybe in turn, uh, they'll want to be part and walk alongside with us and, and, and perhaps even give a little to us. 
that's where we're focused at going into the new year. So I'm excited. Uh, thanks again to the donor committee. And we'll be giving more updates on that as, as we, we just had our first meeting the other week. We'll be meeting once a month uh, to get together. Um, in terms of communications on the communication side, uh, another point here on the agenda. We have been, as you know, securing Kate Vendimio uh, with Mount Vernon Consulting. Uh, we had her on our leadership call. We have a weekly leadership team meeting uh, that Dan also sits on for senior staff. And Kate was able to join us today and go through an audit, uh, which sees completed phase one of her project. Uh, the audit will transition into phase two, which is going to be uh, message testing and working through developing key targeted messages and narratives that's really going to resonate as we begin to focus through our communications audit uh, as a tool to, to, to bear down on what audiences uh, can we get the strongest return on investment in terms of just engagement, not just from a donor perspective, which is obviously on my you know, sort of cadre of things on my plate, uh, but in terms of all aspects of just communications with ACB and advocacy, membership, all the various other elements of, of points of contact and communication. One of the key takeaways from the audit was we have a lot of communication channels, but I think that echoes the, the positive part of who we are as ACB and that we have a very diverse membership. We are definitely not one size fits all as a body, young, old, uh, technology focused, not technology focused. And so we are working as a leadership team to work through some of these communication channels and with the public awareness committee and, and Kelly's been leading a great effort with that. Thanks to Deb and Katie as well uh, on that committee as we work through ways to really identify um, some of these communication channels. And I want to thank everybody that has talked to Kate. She will be beginning to do message testing. So if you haven't talked to Kate, it doesn't mean you're out of the woods yet. You might be pulled into a focus group. So. But we appreciate everybody's help and support in that. She's still on track to provide a deliverable for us of a primary communications plan that will have a lot of these elements she's working through along the way uh, before your next board meeting that you all will have. Um, and that will really greatly assist us in terms of development as we push out into this campaign going into November, December, and into 2021. Uh, other things going on just in terms of development. Hold on one second. I'm going through notes. I had four things here. I have done donors. I have done convention. I have done communications. Hmm. Give me. Gibney. Gibney. Thank you. I skipped over Gibney. Um, and that'll tie a little bit into what we've been doing with grants as well, which has been very exciting. Uh, so uh, we finally got through with Gibney Family Foundation. Frank Gibney and the family, Tracy Wozniak, um, uh, is, is their CEO now. Uh, and we had been trying since March to get in touch with them uh, after much persistence. Uh, you know, there were initial contact a couple years ago or some time ago before I arrived, but uh, we were very fortunate, had a very, very positive meeting last week, Eric, Jolyn, and myself, um, and it was, it was an excellent meeting. Uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity as we just sort of integrated ourselves into, so they, their leadership team could know who we are. Give Me Foundation for folks that don't know focuses on, uh, you know, a large part of their, their giving uh, toward uh, blindness-related and, and visually impaired uh, projects around the country. And uh, we really think there's some momentum uh, to help sustain the work we're doing uh, in terms of uh, community engagement, membership, the work Cindy's doing. Uh, so we're focused in, in that area for support. Uh, jo Lynn has been doing an outstanding job as well as working with me as we try to recalibrate our grants and focus in on a lot of key targeted areas. We're much more strategic, uh, I think, at this point of really targeting certain corporations and really focusing on areas that we feel are the greatest value. And, and we've been so excited with uh, the, the value that Clark and others have, and Cindy have been doing 
that really in, in these hard times with COVID and the coronavirus um, and the world changing to really identify key areas that are true value that I feel that funders, uh, you know, in a narrative that JoLynn and I have been helping to put together um, can find of great value to put in terms of their own investment uh, for the work that we're doing. So uh, you will continue to hear us building out on some large corporate grant requests. We're looking into, you know, the $40,000, and up uh, type projects, not necessarily the $5,000, $10,000 grants we've been focused on, um, but, but strategic and thinking big. So we are working towards that, and Gibney is one of those first steps, uh, and we're fortunate with that, uh, with them being focused in our space as well, just being very familiar with the blindness world. Uh, just closing things, we had a fun uh, event last night on Instagram that kind of fell on our lap. Uh, thank you so much, Peggy, and, and the folks down in Texas that keyed us into one of your members. Uh, named Megan uh, Megan Eatings, uh, Eddings, uh, who's CEO of Axe, uh, Excel Lifestyle. Um, they uh, are auctioning off two masks uh, with a renowned Hollywood designer. Uh, and that auction closed today. I was trying to bug my wife remotely earlier to see if she could find out what they were, you know, if the auction has officially closed yet. Um, but so we don't know the, the price, but it, it was sort of an exciting opportunity uh, to, to not just, you know, we'll get some revenue from the auction. Half the proceeds are going to go to us. The other half to the National uh, Pancreatic Cancer Foundation, uh, which the other person that was the fashion designer that helped design the mask uh, was his charity he chose. And, and Megan chose uh, ACB because of her close relationship with ACB of Texas. Um, but it was an, a- an excellent opportunity for us to get recognition and get our name out there. Um, you know, they have collectively over 100,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, I think Megan has about 14,000 and Mark has 85,000. So close to 100,000 people that we were able to sort of engage with through this charity. So, uh, you know, not sure what it'll yield us in terms of as a, as a donation, but it is exciting. And as much to say that, um, you know, it, it, it really raised awareness and it allowed us to get some messaging out about some of the challenges. It was a fitting sort of thing to be donated at these designer masks with like jewels and, and crystals and all these things on them. They're very fancy very red carpet sort of Hollywood style. Um, but it was in a sense, just very exciting to have this opportunity to get some exposure uh, and allow us to get some of the messaging out um, through a live Facebook uh, or Instagram event they did last evening. Uh, that is all I have right now, Mr. President and all any questions uh, now. So. All right. So, uh, so Tony, um, I got a couple things. First of all, uh, oh, Ray, are you there? Go ahead. Sorry, Ray. I think you cut out. What happened, Ray? <laughs> well, it, give a second. There he is. Is that Ray again? No, not here. Oh, no. About corn. Nope. Oh. I'm here. I'm here. Okay. All right. Hit, hit it again, Ray. Sorry, I, I oh. missed you there. Just said Ray Campbell has left the meeting. That's not a good oh, sign. <laughs> is there anyone else that had it? Anyone else will yield for Ray for a moment while he gets back in? Can can I talk? Uh, this is Dan yeah, Dillon. Dan Dillon, I, speak. I, then we'll, I, we'll have Ray go next. Yeah, go ahead. I just think, Tony, what, what you just said, I think it's very important for us to go in with other um, organizations, uh, whether it's fundraising or whatever, or advocacy, whatever. I think it's good for us to, to, to participate with other uh, organizations, uh, of people with disabilities. And I, I think uh, you made a good, a good point. I'm sorry. Oh, thank you, Dan. Uh, and I'm back. 
Go ahead, so, Ray. So, and then after I, Ray, I won't answer. I, I hope, okay, David. I, I hope there are no morning those stations looking for morning drive people because if they heard our convention connection shows, uh, Tony and Debbie, it'd be great morning drive radio. <laughs> so I hope not. And then the second thing, if you have a donor, it's a little hesitant. You know, you could threaten to have Roger talk to him about cornholing or cow chip throwing or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Head to lighten things up a bit. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you, Ray. Uh, David? Yeah, I, I just wanted, uh, Tony, you did a great job of pointing out the different RDC things. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but if you throw MMS in there, in the RDC things, it looks like that uh, significantly, it looks like it could be well over $200,000. And that would be close to our convention sponsorships as well, wouldn't it? It would be, yeah. I, I, I'll have to go through once we get, uh, you know, August closed out, and then there are a few folks that didn't. You know, Eric is still trying to chase down to get signed up, um, but we're looking to go over a hundred thousand prior with MMS or right at hundred thousand, um, and yeah, there's I mean, a significant increase in that. So, um, yeah. And, and so, if you look at if you look at the the raffle, the auction, the walk, and you add those things together significantly, our membership now is is up at you know our real life sponsorship level that we get at convention and I, th I think that's great i think it's something that the people listening need to know that we are making a significant donation back to ourselves to continue the work of acb and it, it, it is in a sense an investment I, I think that our members are making in the organization it's, it's very humbling to know that they are uh wanting to give a little bit more and I know with any member organization, you know, I was leading a member association for a year in Baltimore before I came here. And it's, uh, you know, uh, people, people give because they find something of value and they want to be part of something. And, and so we're, we're extremely thankful. And I think a large part of that has to do with sort of this, uh, this renaissance that we've been experiencing as well, thanks to Cindy and others. But, um, but it is, it is uh, very humbling to have, you know, and thanks for any members that are listening, uh, because we, we, we hear you and we appreciate you already. Some things that came out of the donor advisory group, um, you know, one of the points to be raised was uh, not just thanking the new people for MMS, but everybody for MMS. Um, and it's an important message that we'll be doing and getting sending out shortly uh, to, to let everybody know that we're thankful that are all the, all of our supporters that are part of the family. Thank you, Tony. Really, really appreciate it. Great job. Uh, and keep up the wonderful work. We're, 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 you're, you're, we're keeping you busy, aren't we? Loving every minute. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Uh, next, we're going to hear uh, from Nancy Marks Becker, our chief financial officer. So, Nancy. Uh, Tony, I do want to say one thing. I did try to listen to general sessions during the convention, but I guess I kept on getting phone calls from people wanting to donate. So, um, <laughs> I did not hear as many as hear as much of the general sessions as I wanted to. But it was great to hear how people were loving the convention that they could access it in several different ways. So I, I thought it was great anyhow, even though I didn't get to listen to general session. So the first part I'm going to talk is about is ACB's investment portfolio. As everyone is aware, this year the stock market has been affected by the worldwide pandemic, the economy, and the high unemployment rate. In March, our overall investments had declined only about 11%, compared to the overall stock market, which had declined 16 to 28%. At the end of May, ACB still had unrealized losses of $237,400 in the investment accounts. As of today, the value of our 
of our investments are back up to where they were earlier this year. So we're, we're very pleased with how our investments have recovered. There is 4.3 million in our investment accounts and 1.6 million of this is in the reserve account. It is likely the stock market will continue to adjust this year, but I would like you to know that our investment committee has a policy in place to protect our investments. The drawdown on ACB board reserve. Earlier this year, the board approved that 325,000 could be withdrawn from the reserve account for operating expenses. So far, 115,000 has been withdrawn from this account and has been used for operations. There is still 210,000 of the funds that can be moved over to the operating account before additional funds would need to be requested from the board. The investment committee met in August, and at that time, they knew additional funds would need to be withdrawn from the reserve account before the end of the year. With the uncertainty of where the market would be in, would be in, in several months, it was decided to convert some of the stock in the reserve accounts to cash while the portfolio value was higher. If additional funds are needed above the 325000 that was requested at the beginning of the year, it will, I will request it at the next board meeting. So overall right now, I think we are, we are looking pretty good compared to what the economy has been doing. And the last thing I have is our Minneapolis move. As Dan, as Dan said a little bit earlier in August, we moved across the parking lot to 6200 Shingle Creek Parkway, Suite 155. The moving of our office furniture went very smoothly and we had everything put away within two days. Everyone on our staff did a fabulous job of packing up at the old office and unpacking at the new office. Man, I wish I could um, have packed up and unpacked that fast when I've moved from one house to the other because that was, it was record time that we were backing up and running. However, we encountered some issues with our internet provider not setting up her service correctly. This resulted in our office not having internet or phone service for almost a week. So if you had tried to contact us and we didn't return your call in mid-August, please call our office again and we will be happy to help you. Um, the number of square feet that we added with this move was minimal. However, we gained another suite in our office and lunchroom space. So our space is used, used a lot more efficiently than it did before. Do I have any questions at all? So Nancy, the address then is 6200 Shingle Creek Parkway, Suite 155, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota 55430. Zip code still the same? Correct. Correct. Okay. Hey, William, excuse me, it's Stan Dillon. Is is that one time nine five or is one or is it one five five? Yeah. The, the one that we were at was one nine five. We are now at one five five. Thank so you. 155. So if you if you, you if you sent it to the wrong address or the wrong suite or the wrong um, office, we'll still get it. We're still walking across the parking lot to get our our mail for the next couple of weeks. Okay, but we probably, Dancy, if you can, we probably need to plaster that out everywhere. You you, you will. Okay. We probably can't tell people that enough. We're all we've all got that ingrained in our memory. <laughs> So okay, we can. Yeah, yeah, very good. All right, uh, other questions for Nancy? I got no, a Dan, uh, Okay, first Dan Dillon, then David. Go ahead. Uh, Dan, I, I would just like to to compliment 
Nancy, because I've called her so many times and I've said, where are we at with a walk, you know? And, and she'll, she'll give me a figure and she said, we'll make it. We'll make it. And by golly, we made it. And thank you, Nancy, for that positive, <laughs> positive attitude. I appreciate that. I do tell you that every year, don't I, Dan? You're like, I don't know. And yes. I'm like, we'll make it. Yes. But I, I like that attitude. <laughs> really, well, really. I have to thank Tony for sending out all those little, um, notices saying you need to donate you need to donate and then mm -hmm. we didn't make it because of that yep. it's all paid off yep it has paid off thank you really has it's we are good. blessed it's good to have a goal yeah it is uh david yeah i just uh think that we all need to recognize the the excellent job that nancy and staff and eric and his staff have done uh to keep the budget as close in line uh, you heard, you know, they still 200 plus thousand dollars. She can move without board approval. And, um, it, it's just amazing to me the year being as strange as it was that we've put all the things together. Uh, you know, you got the community calls and everything. Now, uh, you've got additional services, but yet you're, you're, you're really not, uh, overspending in this time. You know, we had a negative budget, and yes, we're going to have a negative budget, but they've done an excellent job, and I think we as a board need to recognize that. Thank you. Thank you, David, and, and our you, David. treasurer, I might add. Thank you very much for those good words. Uh, any other comments or questions for Nancy? Thank you, Nancy. Uh, all right, next, we're going to move on to item seven on our agenda, which is a board of publications report from our BOP chair, Deb Cook-Lewis. So, Deb? All right, I think it did it. <laughs> Thanks. We we got gotcha. you. We got gotcha. Okay, very good. Once in a while, the button doesn't want to go. All right, we don't have a great deal to report because it hasn't been that long since the board meeting. But I do want to let the board know that the BOP, in collaboration with the Communication Steering Committee, is moving forward with the um, process of reorganizing and consolidating ACB's uh, email communication strategy. And because we have not quite worked through the entire process, we have um, done quite a bit of work and are, uh, need to work through a little bit more with the BOP before we uh, bring this back to share with the board as a final product, but uh, let me say that um, the effort has been entirely uh, several fold. Um, I, like uh, you were just saying, you need to have a goal, you know, and so we do. And our goal relates to um, consolidating the uh, email list that ACB has and reducing duplication as much as possible and making sure that all of our email communications, as the, is the case with our other communications, that they adhere to um, ACB's core values. So that will um be uh, resolved through um, a variety of, of tactics around the um, email delivery. <clears throat> and as you noted earlier, um, we do have a, a lot of email, I mean, I'm sorry, a lot of communication preferences within ACB and a lot of different uh, skill levels and interest levels in how people uh, get communication from this organization. So um, email is probably really actually our, one of our smallest um, uh, communication venues overall, with the exception of um, 
what we do with constant contact and um, emailing out things like the uh, Braille Forum and eForum. But really, a lot of our other email communication is much smaller, um, but it is still important to us, and we want to try to do um, a good job. We actually haven't really fully reviewed our email communication since um, 2013, and you know, that means that uh, that's been uh, so about seven years. And so much has changed in ACB's communication that it's definitely uh, time to uh, review this area as well. So if this is an area that excites you a lot or you have a stake in or a strong interest in, I would encourage you to come to the next BOP meeting on September 1st. Um, the announcement of that meeting will be put out in all the usual places mostly email, um, actually, where it goes. So it will appear on the leadership list, and I always send it to ACBL. And um, uh, if you uh, don't get either of those and, and you want to check in and, and let us know that you want that particular notification, we'll try to make sure you get it. But um, I um, will make sure that it goes everywhere it can because um, we uh, value stakeholder feedback, um, but we are going to be moving forward in some areas, and um, um, I look forward to that. So um, at the next board meeting uh, and prior to it, uh, the BOP will um, submit a report to the board of um, whatever action it is able to have uh, taken <clears throat> based on the recommendations of the steering committee and the public input that we receive. So uh, that's, um, and other than we've already mentioned that, of course, Penny will be representing us this year on the, um, on the board, and we're really appreciative of that. And hopefully she'll get to go to an in-person meeting somewhere while she does that. But um, <laughs> hasn't happened yet. Just yeah. knocking it down. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but um, we're very very appreciative of that. I know she's going to thoroughly enjoy it, and you'll enjoy having her. And uh, that's what I have. I'll take any questions. Thank you, Deb. Any questions for Deb? And. Please stay tuned and, uh, you know, uh, participate in the Board of Publications uh, meeting uh, on September 1st. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's always a good time. Dan. This yes, David. David. Um, I'm going to only use one name here because I'm not sure if what I'm asking can be talked about at this point. Uh, uh -huh. Is it appropriate that someone give us an update on Bob at this point? Um, oh. Yeah, I think we can do that. I think um, so. Uh, yeah, um, Bob, and, Kim, Bob, and Kim sent a note out as well. Yes, yeah. right. Uh, Bob Heche is in hospice, and um, oh. is uh, yeah, and and very unfortunately, and um, his his um, he had completed one complete set of um, uh, cancer treatment, and um, was unfortunately um, in a second round of cancer treatment and it's often much much harder in the second round um, and because of the particular nature of his illness it you know really impacted um, his ability to to manage and so um, they they stopped treatment this week and um, Bob is in hospice and we're very very um, sad to hear this he's been a wonderful participant in the BOP and has been um, very helpful in uh, working with our email and was actively involved in the uh, discussions um, up till in, until very recently um, regarding the future of how ACB deals with email because it's very important to him. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're really deeply going to miss Bob's participation. 
He's been so committed to our democratic core values. Um, mm-hmm. I can't think of anyone who's who's ever been more committed than Bob. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that question, David. Yep. Mm-hmm. And our thoughts and prayers are with Bob. Uh, it, any other thoughts or questions for Deb? All right. Okay. Hearing none. Thank you, Deb. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for a very good report. And we'll stay tuned. I know everybody's uh, mm-hmm. excited to hear uh, the proposals here over the next month or so. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, next, uh, we have a, um, a white paper uh, that has been presented to the board from the uh, Rehabilitation Task Force. And I'd like to introduce Doug Powell, our Rehab Task Force Chair. So, uh, Doug? Thanks, Dan. Um, I'm, I'm very sad. Uh, Bob Hache has been a loyal member of the rehab task force for years and always had, you know, was, was at pretty much every call before he got sick and, uh, has done a lot of work for our, our task force. So I, um, I had not known that things were that bad and, and, uh, I, I, I'm going to miss his partnership. Um, now to the one pager. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um, so I hope that people had a chance to look through this. Uh, the The rehab task force felt like um, it had been a long time since uh, uh, our position had been um, expounded, and um, we have tried several, th- you know, through uh, resolutions and such. We have tried in several different ways to influence um, policy in the in the uh, rehab realm, um, and so we felt it was time to try to put in, you know, put into uh, one place the complexity of issues that um, the rehab system um, in- involves and try to sort of point out where our, you know, where rehab for uh, blind and vision, vision impaired people uh, is different from other disability groups and how WIOA affected us uh, more negatively than most. And uh, not so much exactly what to do and what, you know, where to put uh, older and implanted blind or non-vocational rehab, but just uh, say that something needs to be done and it needs to be done right and it needs to be done by licensed professionals so that you know, we have the best chance of success uh, for people who are coming into our community and, and trying to move forward. And that Gosh. rehab isn't the worst issue of having people finding jobs, but the, the workplace, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, we have our own... Um, um, issues of uh, not being recognized as competent and uh, uh, full partners in the uh, in the work in the regular workplace. So, um, so I've, we've tried to you know hit a bunch of those different issues in one place, uh, uh, trying to be uh, you know trying to put place ourselves as one of the influencers of uh, of policy in in this arena. Um, so if you haven't read it, I, I hope you do. If you have read it, uh, uh, thank you very much. And um, I'm, I'm always open, you know, we're always open for, um, for comments and for um, uh, refinements. Um, 
uh, what we would like to do, our, our, our hope, our dream would be to have, you know, so, uh, WIOA had to be formulated from a bunch of premises and, um, and recommendations. Um, we're hoping that this paper will start conversations uh, with our partner organizations and with uh, legislators. It, you know, it's, it's meant to educate and try to advocate for uh, the next uh, WIOA, which will be a heck of a lot better for us than this, this one is. Um, so that's, uh, in a nutshell, <laughs> that's what we've been trying to do. And we, we did consult with uh, AAVL, with uh, RSVA, uh, you know, with several different uh, committees and task forces and special interest affiliates to try to get their input um, to, you know, uh, for their parts of the, uh, oh, also the, um, the special ed task force um, to, you know, to, be, to get their uh, take on the issues that are pertinent to their, you know, pertinent to their areas of expertise. So um, with that, I'll, I, I will, I will move for acceptance for endorsement of the white paper by the board. Um, and, uh, after that gets done, then we can, you know, we can t work with, uh, Clark and, and the other, you know, leaders on how to actually start advocating for some of the stuff that's within that's, you know, that's within the, the paper. But I, I, so I move for endorsement uh, of the white paper. Ray, Ray will second. And then I have a comment. Um, um, my comment is that um, I think this is extremely timely because we have uh, probably or possibly quite a few changes coming in Congress. We've got perhaps uh, a new president in the White House. We'll see what folks do in November. But um, this is, I think, very timely and a good opportunity to get this out in you know once all those folks are elected get it out in front of people and uh um start to have the important conversations that you referenced doug so i'm happy to as i say second the endorsement thanks ray others others for discussion all right well well done doug hearing none um all those in favor of endorsing the rehab white paper signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Well, thank you, board, and thank you, and leaders, and thank you, Doug, and your committee, and, and the other uh, special interest affiliates and, and committees you worked with and uh, for doing a really excellent job. And uh, we look forward to uh, this being part of the work of the uh, Advocacy Steering Committee and the appropriate committees moving forward. So thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, next uh, is uh, item number nine. And this is a request from the Multicultural Affairs Committee to ask for a, a, a to me, a relatively small budget uh, increase to support uh, a facilitator uh, for us to continue our discussion um, on on how to uh, improve inclusion uh, within our organization and in diversity. So I I won't go into too much of the detail. I will let uh, our MCAC chair uh, Peggy Garrett uh, introduce her. Thank you, Peggy. Hopefully, Peggy's there. 
She's got a lot on her plate, hurricanes and, and conventions, but I, I heard her earlier. Maybe she's on mute. Do you, can you tell if she's there, Nancy? Okay, now pick up. Oh, I heard Michael. Peggy? Okay, I am here. I was actually on Zoom, but for some reason, it's, I'm not able to unmute. So I'm going to talk to ah. you from, from my phone line. I'm sorry about that. Oh, okay. I'm so, glad you're here. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. So good evening, everyone, and thank you very much for the opportunity to um, uh, talk with you this evening. So, um, President Spoon, I hope that you have to share the letter that I sent with the board um, so they're aware of what it is that we're asking for and why. I, I can't... I, I apologize, Peggy. I I don't know if I've I don't know if I got them that to them. So I I I apologize if I okay yeah, okay yeah, it, all right. So what we're doing is in light of all of the things that have been going on, all of the racial unrest, uh, and the fact that it has been brought to my attention by several people that we have no diverse leadership or people of diverse uh, cultures in leadership positions in ACB. And not sure if this is uh, through commission or omission, but whatever the case may be, we do know that there are people within our organization who are capable and just at this point are not being included. So as Multicultural's mission is to reach out and Michael Make sure that people are of all cultures and are being included and not only being included, but being embraced. And in some cases, even being mentored to step up and take on the leadership roles. We would like to hold some sessions that would basically educate uh, people about cultural diversity, encourage people to kind of think outside of the box, reach out and be willing to work with people who they don't know or who may be a little different than they are, but to look at what they bring to the table rather than their differences. We, as a result of that, thought that it would be a good idea to have someone who is not a member of ACB to come in and do the presentations for us. And we have talked with a a lady who has over 50 years of experience in working with diversity, as well as working with people with disabilities to provide uh, at least two sessions for us. Uh, These sessions would be approximately two hours in length and would cover basically thinking outside of the box, welcoming, uh, working together, sharing ideas. And then the second one will work on how to go about being more inclusive. That would, of course, include recruitment, retention, mentoring, and whatever other steps would be necessary to prepare people to step up and take on leadership roles. So we are asking for $1,000 to cover the two sessions uh, for this training. And then after that, we would implement additional steps that would assist people to just make sure that uh, they are not missing out on areas in which they can recruit people with disabilities, people who may not just be blind, but focusing on the blindness, but may have dual disabilities, to get involved, to take on uh, 
leadership roles okay. in the future. Okay, now I need it. Well, thank, thank you, Peggy, for the presentation. And Peggy and I have had multiple conversations. Ooh. This is not the end of the of of the work that acb needs to do in this area but the beginning so how do we continue to have uh yes kim kim um thank you peggy that was very interesting and um i think this is a fabulous idea and i just wanted to um to ask if this ties to the resolution that talks about um, diversity training at the leadership um, training, the leadership seminar in or midwinter leadership seminar, whatever we call it. I forgot. Um, <laughs> old habits die hard um, for um, our, our leadership, because I think this would be such a tremendous opportunity to get training for just a, a, a broader number of people. And it sounds like um, the trainer you've identified has excellent skills. Can you tell us a little bit about your trainer and how you were thinking um, and when you were thinking of doing this? We were actually thinking about holding these sessions in September as kind of a kickoff. Uh, we're also in October holding a joint session with the membership committee, a focus call that will mainly cover uh, some additional ways of recruiting um, people that may not currently be being implemented by some of our chapters. And then, of course, the next session would be to follow that up with the session during the uh the February, the February meetings. I want to say leadership trainings too, Kim, because we're so used to that. But uh, the training and the meetings in February would be a follow-up. And then from there, we can determine what additional sessions or steps we need to take. And who's your trainer? Can you tell us a little bit about the individual? Her name is Jane Dunham. And as I said, she has more than 50 years of experience working with uh, basic diversity training. She also has worked over 20 years with people with disabilities and who and diversity. Uh, I, I did, and I don't have her her bio in front of me. I did send it to uh, to President Spoon, but I don't have it in front of me right now. Well, but uh, I maybe think he she can would be an excellent. I, I, I will forward I'm sure it on. He can, yes. yeah. I'm sure he can share it with us after this call, but I guess yeah. what I, what I just want to say, Peggy, is that I guess I'm looking at the bigger picture and I, you know, if, if ACB is going to help fund something like this, um, September is next Tuesday <laughs> and it doesn't seem like we'll have the opportunity to get the word out on the scale that something like this deserves. It won't be time to put it in our, the forum or anything like that. So I'm just wondering if there's an opportunity to reconsider the timing so that it could be part of our our midwinter activities so that we could really focus and, and make this just a, a, a bigger opportunity and and try to have more engagement than a potential phone call would get the organization. I'm I'm trying to think of how we can really maximize diversity opportunity and having such a noted professional providing that training i don't i don't want to see the a, a small number of people 
be participating. You know, if we have 30 people or 40 people, when we could have the opportunity to have 100 or 200 or more with our with our mid-year training. So I guess that's that was my hope that was we could think about the the potential of reaching more more people and more leaders. So just a thought. So Mr. President, this is David. Yeah, go ahead, David. Uh you know, we we've already approved our budget this year and they have a line in it. What I would like to propose at this point, because I'm excited about this, I do agree with what Kim said that we probably, you know, it would be good if, if they could put it off a little bit. But I, I don't want to miss this opportunity either. So what I would like to propose is I I would move that we open the budget, increase their line item by one thousand dollars, and that way the budget could be resent if anybody wants it this late in the year. I don't think you know it'd be any problem. Just go back and look at your own and add the thousand dollars. But if we do it according to the way we always have, it is a line in the budget that they have. So I would move that we open the budget and increase that line by one thousand dollars. Okay, I'll second. Th- I'll second that. So David has made a motion and Ray has seconded. So yeah. now we can have some more discussion. And I think you know, um, uh, Peggy, this is Dan. I know Peggy has asked. Uh, you know, uh, given an opportunity for me to participate in the Multicultural Affairs Committee meeting here on August 31st. And I think, you know, the the committee wants, we're kind of juggling two things here, right? We want to move forward. And so you want to keep the momentum going. On the other hand, you don't want to, you want to make sure that you, 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 keep the the direction and the intentionality yeah. going more than just for a month or two and it dies off right so we've we've got to balance both of those and I think um, Peggy uh, my thoughts are that that your committee is willing to work with us as we move forward if we get this funding I think you have six hundred dollars in your budget right now so that would take you up by another thousand with the motion that David has made this evening. So uh, we have some that would give you funding to work with. Um, Dan, I'd like to make a comment. Yeah. yeah, uh, Okay. Uh, uh, I'm going to let Jeff because and then David, because you've spoken, I'll let Jeff speak and then your comment. Go ahead, Jeff. All right. Thank you. I just had a procedural. Oh, thank you. I I think it was. I thought I heard Jeff Tom. But yeah, Jeff, okay. Jeff Bishop, you'll be after want. David. Yeah. So <laughs> Jeff, Tom, and then David, and then Jeff Bishop. So go okay. Ahead, Jeff. So I, I don't know why. Um, in fact, there could be an advantage to having um, Ms. Dunham uh, on both um, September and in uh, whenever we do the leadership training because she'll get to know our organization a bit better through this you know, phone call and perhaps mm-hmm. we can employ her again at, at, yep. at that time as well. So yep. this yep. could work in, in a positive way, actually. Right. And, and that, and, and this money would only be good through December because it's, it's modifying the 2020 budget. So right. you're correct. Yes. Okay. And then David comment. Yes. Uh, I just want to say for those of you that are not familiar with this, this, uh, the multicultural affairs, I think is what it's called. Um, I've been to some of their programs. They do an excellent job. And I think this would be a great opportunity for those of you who have it and those of us who still, you know, want to support and push forward 
Uh, we can increase that number, folks. We need to be there. We need to learn from this. And this group is a hardworking group. And if they're asking us to do this, there's certainly some good reasoning behind it. And as we know in this day and age, uh, we, we work, we made, we made our position on Black Lives Matter. Um, you know, we, we've done the things that we need to do. So let's, let's keep doing what we need to do and move forward. I, I urge you to support this and, and let's move it forward. Very, very good. And then Jeff Bishop, you had asked for the floor. Yes. Thank you, Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have two things. Um, one, Jeff kind of, kind of, uh, was ta- going to speak on what I did, what I was going to speak about, which is, I think we could, should consider this a, a part one and part two. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, per- I just have a procedural question in reference to modifying the budget. Yes. Um, if, if we were to modify the budget, will we need to find a line item to decrease by that funding amount? Um, no. You're, 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 the board is authorizing the budget to spend an additional $1,000 on this line item. So you, okay. you, you don't have to find an offsetting reduction. Okay. No, we, just, we want- just technically have to open the budget to add the line, you know, to add to the line item. Yeah. That's, that's all we have to do. Yep. yep. Okay. Well, my, I, only, I only bring it up only because, you know, this is a period of time where we are sort of financially burned a little bit. So I'm just wondering if that is something that, that the budget committee should at least consider. But I but in but as far as this and and moving forward with it, I'm I wholeheartedly agree. I'm just trying to think about, you know, does it make sense to also look at if if there's a way to decrease a line item to make up for it, then I think we should at least consider it. Okay. And again, I don't think, yeah, and, and it's not a large amount, which is the nice yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I, Jeff, I think you saved us more than this in, in your work in, uh, in, in migrating the server. So we're probably, we're probably very positive. Well, that's kind of where according, I was going. According to the budget the, in this area. Yes. <laughs> you can take it from the we, IT We have budget. several lines that are, that are yeah. below budget. So yeah. the yeah. committees, especially, we give a good bit of money out for committees every year that's not used. Right. So, well, I didn't, it's just, uh, right. I didn't want to say that, but there was definitely room in the IT budget to take a thousand dollars from, but I didn't want to yeah. say that. <laughs> yeah. But, but I don't think we have to go and identify that, but, but, but you're right. Yeah. Just reality is we have areas that we're, we're tremendously underspending. Yeah. Like, like David said with committee spending, cause we didn't have a convention this year. So a physical convention where we had to put, you know, where people paid for speakers and that type of thing. So um, uh, other comments from board members. All right. We have a motion and a second. Uh, I'm going to call the question if everybody's ready. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. All right. Thank you, Peggy. Thank you, Multicultural Affairs Committee, and all the hard work that you all are doing in this area. And I want you to know you have the full support of uh, the ACB Board of Directors. So thank you very, very much. Thank you, Mr. President and Board. And, and Kim, I would like to talk with you a little bit more about your suggestion, but I think it's a good idea. Um, so we'll, we'll, I'll talk to you a little bit more about that. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Peggy. Thank, thank you. you, Peggy. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Now we are to item 10 of our agenda, uh, resolutions. So um, I, we want to introduce uh, Gabe Griffith and, and Jill Noble from our resolutions uh, committee. 
to uh, talk to us about our resolutions this evening. Before we get started, uh, one, I think in the good spirit of resolutions, it's hard to do any resolutions that don't uh, go late into the evening. So I think we're, we're keeping with that spirit again this, this year. So Gabe, we, we didn't let you down. Um, Secondly, uh, I just want to say, uh, kind of review through with everybody through the process that we took to get to this particular point. So when we realized we were not going to be able to have an annual business meeting this year, we had several in our leadership, including our um, advocacy steering committee and our resolutions committee more specifically and our advocacy director that really wanted to encourage us to still have a robust resolutions process. So uh, Gabe and Jill and team worked with Clark Rackful and put a policy and procedure together for us to follow for the resolutions process this year. And I want to commend the resolutions committee and Clark and Claire for shepherding us through this process. So we had a deadline for the end of the convention for all committees uh, and affiliates and individuals to present resolutions to the resolutions committee. We provided an advocacy at ACB mm. email address for people to um, to pr provide their uh, resolution uh, entries. Uh, we then. Uh, put all those over to the resolutions committee, which set up uh, what ended up being three community calls uh, after they had an opportunity to review the resolutions and have them discussions with the appropriate committees. So the resolution committee met on three community calls where they received open membership input from all those that wish to participate at both our committee, affiliate, and member levels. Uh, they were very lively conversations. I had an opportunity to, to per participate in them, lasted for you know, a good two or three hours uh, each evening. I think the last one uh, lasted maybe four hours. Um, had really good discussion, really good input from the resolutions uh, committee members uh, and those that presented the resolutions. Uh, we uh, had... Uh, keeping to our schedule, then uh, the resolutions were presented back to our ACB staff and they worked with leaders from our resolutions team to kind of uh, discuss the resolutions and put prioritizations on them for presentation to the board this evening. So we have, I believe, 11 resolutions that came out of our rev resolutions uh, process and through our resolutions committee. The uh, all, I believe, did receive a, a due pass uh, mm -hmm. recommendation. And I would now like uh, want to also share with you all that we felt like it was brought to our attention through the resolutions committee today that uh, even though all these have been presented to our board of directors uh, in attachments and in Dropbox and everybody's had a chance to read them ahead of time that in case there are questions for our ACB board, we've invited the members of our resolutions committee to be part of this call this evening so they can kind of be the liaisons back between the conversations they heard with our membership and committees and the work they did to craft the resolutions. So, 
Uh, I will turn it over to um, Gabe and Jill, and I think they have some folks identified to read the resolutions. Um, one piece I want the board to kind of make a decision on now, the resolutions committee had um, leadership uh, and the staff had recommended that since everybody's had a chance to see the resolutions ahead of time, that perhaps we would read just the titles and the res resolve clauses and then allow people to have discussion, make motions and vote. But I do not want to disenfranchise anyone. So uh, I'm going to leave that up to the board to kind of make the decision here. As always, we're a democratic body. Do we want to hear the entire resolutions read with both the whereas and the resolve clauses uh, for presentation to the board for each resolution? Or do you all, would you all like to go through the approach of just the uh, title, the resolutions clauses, and the, um, uh, and the discussion? So it's up to you guys. I would say the title and the resolution. The I agree. Resolve. I, I, I agree. I agree. I, agree. Yes. Yeah, I, agree. I think you've got consensus. I'm going to go even further. I, 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 I don't know that there are there people who are, are there ones that are controversial? I, I mean, I, I could, you know, go with all, I could say, you know, let's approve them all at once, but no. if I don't want to, no, I, I don't think I want to do that. I, I think that's, yeah, I, I, I would really like us to go through them each one at a time. We have many members listening on ACB radio. And I think even though we go down the approach of the resolve clause, if there's one where we do feel it needs more consideration, I think it's appropriate at that point in time to ask to hear the whereas clauses as well, if that's okay with everybody. So with that, I'm going to uh, turn it over to Gabe and Jill and ask them to introduce their committee and uh, begin uh, going through the resolutions one at a time. And then we will prioritize them after we have made the approve or not approve decisions on each of the resolutions. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Gabe. I, uh, I, I probably should have written down the list of everybody. I'd, I'll have to try and go off of memory. Um, of course, was, I, Jill and I were co-chairs of this. Uh, we had on the committee Jeff Tom, Paul Edwards, who would be proud of us starting after sundown even on the West Coast <laughs> to discuss these. Um, Dan Elliott, um, Michael Mulver, who am I missing, Jill? Uh, Renee and John. Renee, Renee. Yes, John Huffman was was is on the committee. Um, Alice Richard. Alice. I know I was missing somebody. It's been a long day. So. Uh, um, I I think that's everybody. I think you got them all. Yeah. And uh, and as Dan said, we had several uh, several community calls with. Uh, pretty good participation. So we're happy with that. And again, I want to acknowledge that I don't know that this process is necessarily the perfect process, but we felt like it was the best process that we could develop under the circumstances and, uh, and allow for as much of the resolutions process of as normal as we could. Um, and I think, Claire, are you here and were you still willing to read? I think Claire had said last week when we met that she'd be willing to read these resolvents. 
I am here. Can you hear me? We can. Awesome. So, unless there's any other questions before we get started. Um, Claire, do you have the res resolutions here and are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. And just cool. to just to say here, these aren't any numbered in any particular order other than the way that they arrived in my inbox from Clark. So um, there's no significance to the number to the, the number order that these are in. So number one is compliance with digital accessibility requirements. So Claire, if you would read. Scrolling down real quick, passing the where as is. There's a lot of them. <laughs> do, <laughs> <Okay>. do a find. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, now, therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind, assembled telephonically on this 27th day of August 2020, that this organization significantly expand its advocacy efforts toward compliance with the ADA with respect to accessibility to websites and other digital platforms. And be it further resolved that this organization urge its affiliates to the extent possible to engage in similar advocacy efforts and be it further resolved that this organization lend its assistance where feasible to affiliates undertaking such advocacy efforts. And it received a due pass. All right, do I have a motion to approve the resolution? I move to move to adopt. Dan. Second. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, Ray, Ray moved to adopt and Kim seconded. Pat, you had a comment. Yeah, I'm being in the digital accessibility space. Is there any and punch up the resolve clauses, make it a little bit more, be more, a little bit more aggressive. Um, working in conjunction, perhaps with the advocacy committee or something, there doesn't seem to be much in the way of teeth in the resolve clause. And I'm wondering if there are there's a way that we can. Whose teeth? Well, uh, I mean, can you elaborate? I mean, Whose yeah, teeth? I, yeah, our I'm kind teeth. Of our teeth getting us to bite or we want to bite someone else. Can you tell us what we're doing? I, think, I want to know what our teeth are doing, you know? <laughs> I think I would want to, I think, would it be helpful if we added working in conjunction with the advocacy committee so that you would get perhaps more expertise and more direction and a little more focus on digital accessibility the resolves just seem kind of weak to me. I, I still don't. I still don't quite get it. I mean, we're talking about the resources of the whole organization, but the and, and where, wherever practicable or feasible, we encourage affiliates to work with us. This is this is Jeff. Yeah, go ahead. So, I, as one who sort of wrote this, this. This originally emanated as a resolution that wanted us to seek legislation, and, and really that is not possible. And so yeah. we're really already doing what this resolution yeah. wants us to do um, in the first resolved anyway. Um, and yeah, it wouldn't your amendment wouldn't be harmful at all, but I don't know how necessary it really is. We, we really do pretty aggressively work in this 
I would agree. I would agree. I like uh, the the fact that, you know, it keeps it kind of open. I mean, we can use whatever tools and committees and whatever resources we need to to, um, work on this. So I I think while it it comes, yeah, while it comes, while it may come across a little weak, I think, uh, I think, I think we will certainly be aggressive. And like Jeff said, I think we're already doing a lot of this anyway. So I have a comment. Katie has asked, seeking the floor, Katie. Yeah, so I'm wondering in the first resolve clause, it says work with, um, work on websites as it relates to the ADA. I wonder if we can change that more to, you know, something like WCAG or um, I'm just, I'm not quite sure why the wording of the ADA is in here for, for digital accessibility. WCAG standards are more specific. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. But, WIC, but WCAGs aren't—they're not legal. I mean, they're not law. They're—they're—they're yeah. they're, they're guidelines. Mr. Yeah. President. They're, they're law. Okay. Uh, Jeff has asked for the floor, so uh, let, let's add, let's ask for the floor one at a time, so everybody gets a chance to speak. But go ahead, Jeff. I think I think that's right. I think that that. If we're going to mention web accessibility, um, that if you if you want to mention something, then you should mention um, 508, which does represent WCAG. Yep. And um, I, I when I I really carefully listened to this resolution, and at the end of it, I thought to myself, "What is this telling us to do in this organization that we're not already doing?" And that's nothing. So I tend to agree that we need to add a little more direction or at least more involvement to make sure that the direction of this resolution is steered by one of the steering committees. And I think it needs to be steered by the advocacy committee. So I am in favor of a slight amendment to this resolution to just, even even if the language were to say something like, you know, in cooperation with or... You know, in yeah, conjunction with, or, or or something like that, that where you, where it's understood that it's not just you know us, you know, blowing, you know, the wind blowing from the north. <laughs> it's it's led by a direction of of a steering committee. Yeah. Okay. I certainly yeah. don't oppose it. I mean, so I'm, I heard. I'm, I'm, I think I think it's a good idea. So so I, I heard know. I heard two things there. One, ADA and. Section 508. Mm-hmm. So add yeah. section 508. Uh, Everybody, was that somebody just clearing their throat? Okay. Uh, and, and, and then the second was uh, in consideration to the uh, advocacy steering committee. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And this is Doug. Okay. Doug, next. Uh, as long as we're including the uh, uh, advocacy committee, would we not want to include the information access committee? Isn't but I think if you do the advocacy steering committee, steering that includes all yeah. the advocacy. Yeah, committees. that's correct. Yeah. That it oh, I didn't hear steering committee. Steering committee. Was, yeah. Yeah. He, he oh, okay. said steering committee. Yeah. That's, why okay. I said steer, that's why I said steering committee. <laughs> Great. Because okay, we, want it, we, we want it pillared around one of the, you know, core pillar steering committees. The program group areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Any any other comments? Uh, Claire, I, I, we're putting a lot of work on you. I apologize, but would you mind rereading the resolve clauses with the, uh, are you okay with doing that with the changes? 
Um, can you guys just uh, speak back the changes I, to me real quick? I, I, I jotted down. I jotted down the changes if you'd like me to, because the changes were only in this lot in the first resolved. Okay. So if you'd like, I can. Okay. Uh, you want? I can read it to you, Gabe, and you can say when to insert or delete or change. That well, I've, I've got it. I've got it right here. If you want me to just read it real quick. Sure. Okay, um, so I'll pick up after the 27th day of August, blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. This, or, this organization work with its advocacy steering committee to significantly expand its advocacy efforts toward compliance with the ADA and Section 508 with respect to accessibility to websites and other uh, digital platforms. Um, Mr. Chair, I think there needs to just be a little cleanup, but I think that could be handled later. It would be friendly. Like, yeah. you know, 508 guidelines. And I mean, yeah, it's a little... Right. You, gotta, you gotta be... Proliferate. Yeah, be a little bit more specific, but, that, but I just kind of, like I said, I just kind of yeah. jotted yeah. the notes in there to... To know where it, we it, put stuff. Yeah, it, it needs to be fluffed up a little bit, but other than that, it's fine. We can give it the fluff layer. All right. Are there, uh, Gabe? Any 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 comment from your from your uh, resolutions committee? Since you you all we heard from Jeff, but any other since you all worked with the membership to to draft this? Uh, are, are you guys comfortable from the resolutions committee standpoint? Yeah, I think uh, you know those those changes. I think definitely uh, um, increase the impact of it and and help. So I don't think there's anything that uh, that would be objectionable or that we would have questions on on that. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, any other discussion? All right. Hearing none. All in favor of adopting the resolution, signify by saying aye. 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 Let me let me ask you a question just for Robert. Do I need to approve the amendment first and then the entire no. resolution? Or since it was friendly, I can just okay. We're all good. Okay. So I called the question. I any opposed signify by saying no. All right. The resolution passes. Thank you. All right. Item uh, number uh, resolution second resolution number two. Is point of information, please. Yes. Uh, with resolutions, the due pass is the uh, is the uh, motion, and then we just need a second. Is that correct? That's cor That's my yeah. understanding. Yeah. Uh, Mr. President, I think so. this is Gabe. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, Gabe. Uh, normally, that normally when we're at a convention, yes, that would be the the procedure. But I I would say that since these are being submitted by the board. Um, and the, the resolutions committee isn't you know, yeah. such a voting entity on the board that I, I would say that they probably do need a motion and a pass or some motion and a second from the board. Thank Just you. My okay. opinion. It doesn't hurt yeah. to do it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Second one, Gabe. Second one is on non-vocational services for persons with vision loss. Okay. Oh. Ready for this? <laughs> okay. Ready. 
Now, there, therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind, assembled telephonically on this 27th day of August 2020, that this organization advocate for the inclusion of specialized services, including orientation and mobility training for people with vision loss among the services reimbursable under the Older Americans Act, the Medicare and Medicaid programs, and other appropriate programs. And be it further resolved that this organization urge its affiliates to seek funding sources in their states for non-vocational specialized services for people with vision loss. And it received a due pass. I move its adoption. Raise moved its adoption and David Trott has seconded. All right. Discussion. Please be asked. Recognize Jim Crott. Yes, Jim. Um, Gabe, I was just wondering why on the, in the whereas is you delineated uh, services, including uh, orientation and mobility, technology training, and I would have added Braille up there, but why you don't have a similar list, you just uh, have one item set forth in the, uh, in the body of the resolution. Uh, yeah, they as I recall, so, I think we're, those are just examples, but uh, Jeff, Tom was basically the author of this resolution, so I so, will uh, defer to him if he wants to speak on that. So, Jim, if, if it's okay with you and you want to get rid of including orientation and mobility in the resolve, I'm, I think no, that's a very I, friendly I amendment. I don't need to get rid of it. I just wondered why you didn't carry the list uh, down. I don't, I don't know that, that there was an explanation. I think it just sort of... All right. Happened. <laughs> <laughs> Any other comments? Well, this is Doug. Yeah, I was I was a little concerned that it was uh, that that was pointed out and nothing else. So, as long as the list is up above in the warehouses, can we just repeat the the same list in the in the results? Well, or take including O and M out down there. I don't care. I mean, that's easier. Since we have well, it up it's in the warehouse. It's a matter of copying and pasting. So if you guys think yeah. it would make it stronger, I think it'd be just as easy to... I, I, think, it's, I think it's a good idea to just take... If you're going to have the list, let's be consistent. If you're going to have the list up sure. above, let's put it down below too. And I would like Brian to add me. Braille to that. I think that's very... I, was gonna yeah, I would like to add Braille also. Sure. Absolutely. I, I, don't, I don't know why that would not left hurt out. to have it there. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that, Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. Do we do we need to reread the resolution no. with this friendly amendment, no. or it's all pretty no. straightforward, okay. right? Yeah. Pretty okay. straightforward. Yeah. This is okay. editorial. We're adding Braille and copying them down. Yes. Yep. In, any other any other discussion? Hearing none. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. All right. Uh, resolution does pass. Okay. Good. Uh, resolution, third resolution. Okay. And our third resolution is heading further, further and further down my list. Resolution number three is thanking NLS. So it says. Um, Oh, hey, I was, yeah, I, I was just going to say real quick that, and we want to thank Kim for helping to point out, point out uh, some changes that had already been made and kind of change the direction of this resolution from what it started off as. Oh, thank you. Okay, Claire. 
So it says, now, therefore, be it resolved by the board of directors of the American Council of the Blind assembled telephonically on this 27th day of August 2020, that this organization, in conjunction with Blind LGBT Pride International, BPI, strongly commends NLS for its quick response and its commitment to full and equal access, and be it further resolved that this organization strongly urge NLS its collection development to continue to expand the number of fiction and non-fiction titles in the LGBTQ topic area, and be it further resolved that ACB encourage NLS to collaborate with members of the with members of BPI and ACB to select quality titles that are of interesting to and accurately represent the LGBTQ community, and be it further resolved that this organization encourages NLS to explore the addition of a new category identifying materials written for young adults wanting to locate topics or characters reflecting the LGBTQ express experience and it received a due pass very good all right do i have a, a motion so moved this is katie okay. okay katie moved and david seconded i believe all right any discussion on this resolution the only question i have is it, it, uh, quite often i've heard a plus added at the end of the acronym is is that the appro is that the new appropriate language or uh, can we just stick with it as is um i think this was uh, i'll ask the resolutions committee was this presented by uh, bpi Yes, it was. So this um, is their. And, this is the language that they that they recommend. Yeah, and, and Gabriel Gabriel was involved in this process. So. Okay, so yeah. I think we'll let we'll let them be our. I, I, well, I don't know, Doug, but that I I think they are. You know, I, this is I've their seen language. It written both ways. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Okay. Uh, other questions or comments? Discussion. All right. Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Resolution passes. Uh, resolution number four. Right. Number four is Braille Reader's Digest. Okay. <laughs> Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind, assembled telephonically on this 27th day of August 2020, that this organization, in conjunction with its affiliates, the Braille Revival League and Library Users of America, hereby strongly urge the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled to contract to produce the Reader's Digest in Braille, and be it further resolved that NLS implement this decision as quickly as possible so that the gap between the last issue being produced in Braille by the American Printing House for the Blind, the September 2020 issue, and the first issue produced by NLS be as short as possible. Received a due pass. So moved. Second. Second. Okay, so Jeff moved and Donna Brown seconded. Did I get yeah. that? Did I yeah. hear yes. that voice right? Okay. You, you did. Very good. Uh, all right. Very good. Okay. Uh, discussion. Any discussion on this resolution? Just one comment. I saw a kind of a weird error in one of the clauses, um, not the resolve clauses, but it was, um, and I didn't write it down well enough. 
it was in the resolve clause. It says um, be not further resolved instead of be it further <laughs> resolved. Yeah, I Browling error. It, it I, was. It I, was. I, I just want to be sure that it gets cleaned up. <laughs> I, I, I corrected it when I read it. Okay, great. <laughs> somebody somebody hit not five and not that six. Exactly. <laughs> One dot off. It was in the I, word file, though, so I saw it and I was like, uh oh. <laughs> I, saw, I, I saw a couple of other. And, and I have a errors. reputation of being the board proofreader, so I had to keep my, <laughs> my reputation going, you know? Yeah, it was, it was at the end of the very first resolve. I just found it. Okay. Good. okay. All right. Good. Any other discussion? Thanks, Kim. Mm -hmm. All right. Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you. All right. Very good. Resolution number five. Number four. Moving on to number five. We have 11, right? We have 11. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. We, we, we originally. Yeah, we originally had thirteen, and two of them were resolved. Yeah. Were, two of them were withdrawn. Withdrawn. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So number five is uh, services for older individuals who are blind. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind, assembled telephonically on this 27th day of August 2020, that this organization send letters to the head of the Administration on Community Living and the head of the Administration on Aging to express ACB's concern over the growing number of seniors who are experiencing vision loss and the lack of adequate home and community-based services available to this population population and be it further resolved that this organization calls upon these agencies to explore explore ways in which programs and services overseen by these entities can better excuse me can be better targeted to address the needs of this population and be it further resolved that this organization urge state and local affiliates to advocate for advocate with public and private agencies serving seniors under the Older Americans Act for the inclusion of specialized services for persons with vision loss in their senior programs. And I received the due pass. Point when our meeting was okay. Uh, all right. Thank you. Thank you, Claire. Do I have a motion? So moved. David motions to adopt. Do I have a second? Second, Doug. And Doug, Doug Powell seconds. Uh, discussion. Any discussion? Just, just a question. Um, what is the difference between the second resolution and this one? They sound kind of similar. I just so uh, this is Jeff, and I'm happy to sort of address that. This was a resolution that Paul Edwards and I worked out with Larry Johnson, who was the author. And um, the sort of the goal of this is to enter into discussions with federal agencies um, that, that oversee some of these programs to see what progress we can make um, toward having their programs better targeted to serve our population. So they do overlap, Ray, but they're sort of a different um, uh, target of the resolutions, you might say. And on the state level, it's to work with the sort of the public agencies that get this money to see if they will, um, 
you know, include our services in the ones that they fund. And that does overlap a little as well. Yeah. Um, but so, so that, that's basically an explanation of where that resolution emanated and, and okay. how it was. I have a question. Uh, I think it's mostly posed to, to Jeff, but I, I kind of want to pull a Patrick here and pull out the teeth again. Um, <laughs> um, I feel like this doesn't have a lot of teeth to it. I'm wondering if it would have a little more strength if we, instead of, you know, asking them to, to, to do something, you know, figure out how they can be more collaborative or whatever it was, it didn't sound like it was very strong. It was kind of like, look into what you could do. Maybe we could say something more along the lines of ask them to develop a plan for what they're going to do. Uh, develop so a plan to, you know, oh, serve people who have low vision, who are elderly or seniors or something. So, Kim, you're actually right. It doesn't have much teeth, and that's kind of intentional because I think a lot of what's going to have to be done may need to be legislative in nature. Yes. And, and yeah. so we want to enter into these discussions to find out exactly what we can and can't do. Uh, and I'm not, and, and even Vision Serve is, is just mm -hmm. barely beginning to have these discussions as well. So um, I think that under normal circumstances, I would absolutely agree that this resolution is pretty wimpy. Um, but I think it kind of needs to be at this stage. Okay. And, and we have the other resolution that clearly sets forth our ultimate advocacy goal. So yeah. I'm, I'm, you know. Okay. No, I, I absolutely defer to your knowledge on this. So that's fine. Thank you. Stop showing your teeth. <laughs> yes, because I have to put my teeth away. <laughs> any, other, any other comments or questions? <laughs> oh, any other comments, questions from the board? Uh, and Gabe, any any from your team? As uh, are you all good from the resolutions committee perspective? Any any I, of your other members wish to speak on this one before we vote? Yeah, I, I say I'm fine. But if anyone else from the committee wants to say anything, this is Alice. I do, if you don't mind. Um, I think too the reason for so loosely is because not only in, in the first one it talks more about those specific special services, but this. Resolution. We wanted it to include the fact that we don't want blind people going into senior centers and just sitting in the corner all day while other people are doing activities and, and they don't try to figure out a way to make them inclusive so that, that folks who are blind and low vision can also take part in those activities. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the thinking with, with this one. Okay. Thank you, Alice. All right. Any others? Okay, uh, hearing no other discussion, all those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right, thank you very much. Uh, resolution number six, Gabe. All right, number six is on the United States Postal Service and informed delivery. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind, assembled telephonically on this 27th day of August 2020, that this organization demand that the United States Postal Service make all features of the USPS mobile app, including the informed delivery feature, accessible to people with disabilities, including users with screen readers. 
and be it further resolved that ACB provide guidance and testing with regards to accessibility of informed delivery, and be it further resolved that if USPS does not take substantive and measurable actions in an expeditious manner to address the concerns set forth in this resolution, this organization undertakes legal, advo legal advocacy efforts on this issue and it received a due pass. So moved. Second. Second. Okay, Jeff moved and was, is it Sarah or Katie that seconded? Sarah. Sarah, thank you. I thought I heard you, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Okay, so Jeff made the motion and Sarah seconded. Uh, discussion. There's the teeth. There's a lot of teeth. Mouthful of them, and I think, I think, I think, I think we can really sink those teeth in, especially right now with all the all the discussion about the post office. I have a feeling I know where to put into the one resolution. Yeah, I have a feeling I know where the who the originator was of this resolution. Okay. Like, so how do we really feel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any other comments from the board? Uh, and then, Gabe, again, any other comments from your the resolutions committee? None for me. Any any of the other committee members have anything to say? All right. All right. Hearing none. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Gabe. Uh, hearing none. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. All right, chomp, chomp, chomp. All right, resolution number, <laughs> resolution number seven. Hey, we're eating right through these. Um, <laughs> uh, number seven is on accessible note taking mm. in classes. <laughs> no yawning. Yawning is not allowed. Please go on mute if you're going to yawn. Yeah, yeah. Yawning is just showing your teeth. <laughs> yes, that's right. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gabe. Could you read the title one more time? Yeah, this one is on. Sorry, I just got myself out of it. Note taking in classes. Note taking in classes. Accessible yes. note taking. Accessible note taking in classes. Okay. Um, so now, therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind assembled telephonically on this 27th day of August 2020 that this organization supports the rights of students with visual disabilities to use the note-taking method of their choice, including the right to record classroom instructions and small group discussions for personal use in any situation in which a sighted student would take written notes and be it further resolved that the American Council of the Blind forward this resolution to the Secretary of Education with the expectation that this guidance will be issued by the federal government to address this concern. And be it further resolved that the American Council of the Blind urge its state and local affiliates with the assistance of this organization to advocate for the adoption of educational policies that ensure equal access to information for all students when working with school districts and special education entities. And it received a due pass. All right. Do I have a motion? I make a motion to approve. Donna, it's Donna. Yes. Donna moved. Second. A second from Jeff Tom. Uh, all right, now we're ready for discussion. Any discussion? Board first. This is Katie with a question, um, just a point of clarification, I guess. Is this mm -hmm. is this resolution 
meant more for K-12 or um, because it said school district. So I just wasn't quite sure. Yes, K-12. Uh, I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Should it be? Uh, other, did I hear another comment? That's yeah, this is Doug. I, I was asking, uh, should uh, uh, that's a good point. Uh, should mm -hmm. we broaden the scope to include higher ed as well? Would the sector um, of education have anything to do with uh, higher ed? I mean, that's... Yeah. Well, this is Jeff, and, and the only... I don't have an issue with that. In fact, I thought about it. But we haven't really heard that it's a problem with college students. The only thing we heard about, at least from our committee's perspective, was that it was a problem in K through 12. So I don't know, I'm, I'm not, whatever. People wanting to control recording devices in the public school system. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Okay, all right, well good. We don't need to solve a problem that's not there. Okay, other <laughs> comments from the board? All right, uh, Gabe, same, any from your um, committee? Uh, nothing terribly substantive other than to say that this is one I think that the committee spent significant time on. So, uh, there's definitely a lot of, uh, wordsmithing and effort put into making this resolution what it is here. Okay. Hey, any other members of the resolution committee wish to make a comment? All right. Hearing none, I'll call the question. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? <clears throat> Thank you. I believe we're skipping eight and nine, right, Gabe? And we go to 10? Yeah, and just kind of for full disclosure, number eight was on paratransit and you know, had several, several items there that uh, I think we're going to try and look at for, if, if not the leadership stuff that happens this winter then uh, possibly yeah. looking at a further resolution next year and then number nine was on independent living centers uh, or center services and uh, for persons with vision loss and that one was also withdrawn okay and then number ten is on equity in policing. All right. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind, assembled telephonically on this 27th day of August 2020, that this organization, in consultation with the Multicultural Affairs Committee, work with its state and local affiliates in advocating for a meaningful and comprehensive explicit and implicit bias training for law enforcement agencies nationwide, including specific training in the areas of visual disabilities, deafblindness, and people with cognitive disabilities who are also visually impaired. And be it further resolved that in consultation with the Advocacy Steering Committee that this organization support legislation that requires the tracking and reporting of law enforcement encounters with people with disabilities in general and people with vision loss in particular, and be it further resolved that the American Council of the Blind collaborate with its state and local affiliates as they identify and engage with other organizations and state and local governing bodies to, to design and implement comprehensive, explicit, and implicit bias training in law enforcement. Received a due pass. 
All right, Claire. Claire, this is do Jim I, Croc. Uh, do I have a motion oh, first? Mo yeah, Jim, you want to make move. a motion? All right, Jim. Jim moves. So I have a second. Second. Second, David Trot, and then Jim, if you recognize for yes. uh, for discussion. Um, Claire, did you catch the disabilities in the uh, now therefore typo by steering committees? I there's did. Another, there's another proofreader okay. in the crowd. <laughs> I, I, I did fix that Disabi myself. Disabilities. Said, like disabilities yeah. or something. Disabilities, yes, whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. Thank you. Oh, yeah. gotcha. All right. Any any other Sarah, I have uh, a question? Go ahead, Sarah. Yeah. So I'm wondering um, if we could add special interest affiliates. We said state and local affiliates. And, um, I'm thinking particularly of um, thinking about police and hidden disabilities, such as in the low vision community and others. So I'd like to propose that we add, add them to that list. Um, it was early on in, in Claire's room. Yeah. Sarah, what I I didn't understand what you, you I, said. Can you say it again? So, um, I don't know the exact wording because I don't have it in front of me. Um, but it says that um, in collaboration with state and local affiliates, mm -hmm. um, that ACB will you know explore these issues. Um, I think special interest affiliates should be included in that list because uh. I do think that there are some specific concerns regarding. Um, State and local, uh, it should. You're right. She's she's got state, a good point. Multi state, local, and special interest. State, local, and special local interest affiliates. Yeah, yeah. A friendly amendment sounds like. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I had one more correction just to catch. It was in the um, it was in the clause after the one that had disabilities in it, um, and it was just a spelling thing. It's the word engage. I noticed oh, that. Yeah, I saw that too. I saw that too. Yeah, 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 it is not delineated whether the person was blind or visually impaired who was hit. Um, and so we don't have, you know, and I think that's probably true in others, some other states at least. And that means that they're not being counted in terms of, you know, being able to identify how many of the, you know, how many of the accidents are because yeah, it, quite often it gets bl blamed on the, on the person who is disabled. Um, and so I'm wondering if if we can add. Um, that's a different resolution. That's a whole different that. subject matter, Doug. Okay. This, yeah. this is but there's a another resolution that talks about that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Not this one. This is its yeah. own unique issue, I think. This deals with interacting with police, police. and how they interact with us and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But, you okay, but yours Doug? is coming. Yep. You're good, Doug. Okay. Yeah. It, any other discussion comments from the board? All right. Hearing none, Gabe, I'll turn it over to your resolutions committee. Any Anyone from your committee with additional input? Nothing from me. Anyone else on the committee? All right. Hearing none, uh, I'll call the question. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? 
All right. Thank you very much. Uh, resolution number 11, I believe now. Yes, sir. Number 11, getting further and further down my list, is, and this is one that the board was already talking about a little bit earlier with the Multicultural Affairs Committee. This, is, this one is on racial justice. Um, now, therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind, assembled telephonically on this 27th day of August 2020, that the Board of Directors and staff of this organization, in consultation with the Multicultural Affairs Committee, be directed to develop and implement a policy encouraging African Americans and other people of color to become involved in the leadership of this organization, and be it further resolved that as an essential part of the policy, this organization develop a mentoring program designed to seek out and, and elevate African-Americans and other people of color into leadership positions, including a provision for recruitment of members from the population of African-American and other people of color who are blind or have low vision. And be it further resolved that the advocacy efforts of this organization take into consideration the specific issues faced by African Americans and other people of color with vision loss. And be it further resolved that the Multicultural Affairs Committee prepare a seminar to be presented at the 2021 DC Leadership DC leadership meeting, get that right, on recruiting and mentoring of African American and other people of color, along with an article to be published in the ACB Braille Forum on recruiting and mentoring African Americans and other people of color who are blind or visually impaired. And it received a pass. And a friendly editing um, uh, African American is spelled both with a dash and without a dash in multiple places. So you're, are you going to, should we be consistent? You're, you're suggesting Claire, yes. I think, which is yes. a good, good yes. idea. I think it gets, it gets the dash most of the time. Yes. I've yes. seen it. Yes. 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 Yep. Okay. I'll move it. I'll move it's adoption. Uh, Ray is moved. Do I have a second? Donna second. Uh, Donna Brown got in there first with the second. Uh, and do I have any discussion? I need some clarification. Okay. David. Oh. Uh, I, I admit I'm old, and I don't get all this new language. Uh, and and I do want to include other, uh, you know, ethnicities. But I don't understand what other people of color is. It's well, I'm I don't need to be the one. I mean, uh, is maybe Peggy I, is still here. Uh, um, I don't know Peggy, but but we can ask uh, Gabe maybe, or you know, from the. There was not on this resolution, but actually on the uh, equity and policing one that we just did before this, there was quite a long discussion <laughs> um, for anybody that was, was there. Uh, I think they'd agree. But um, basically other people of color includes pretty much every other minority group. Uh, to put it, to put it, I guess. In its okay, if, terms. if that be the case, then why would we not state it that way? Uh, you know, why would we single out one group and then group all the rest together? 
Um, the uh, the term that is actually out there a lot right now, David, is black, indigenous, and other people of color. And uh, I guess that one just, you know, that term didn't get into this resolution. Um, I think also the focus is on um, what's happening in our country right now and that uh, whether you want to choose African-American or black, whatever the, you know, your term of choice is, that is the group that is most largely being targeted. And I think that's why this resolution was written and worded this way. And kind of raised, has raised the social conscience at, at this point yeah. in time. I think that well, might. I, I chair, one other, one other part of that answer for David. Yes, Jeff. This came to us from the Multicultural Affairs Committee largely. Um, it, it, at least it was ultimately approved by them. They didn't initially draft it. And it was pretty clear from the drafter of the resolution, um, who I believe was initially Margie Donovan, and from the committee, that they wanted African American to be in there and singled out. Um, so that we didn't feel that we could change that aspect of the resolution and give the, the, the drafters what they wanted it to say. Yeah. But I'd like we... to make one more comment, Dan, if I may. Yeah, sure, David. I'm going to support this resolution re reluctantly. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I do understand now why it's like it is. I just don't like that terminology. Uh, I think it's I think it's somewhat racist, to be honest with you. And I really think that this should have been gone back to the presenters and talked to them about it. I, I understand what's going on today, but I'm also getting uh, feedback that we're not doing enough for the Hispanic uh, uh, blind people. So, you know, we're we're leaving out people, folks. And, and when we when we pass a resolution like this. It's really saying, okay, we're we're out here. This is what we're going to do. And uh, like I said, though, I, when I say when I said that, please let's pass it. We need it, but I don't like it, mm -hmm. Mr. President. Uh, and are we uh, just one point of clarification? Sure. Then I'll recognize Kim. And that is, are we consistent with our terminology between the two resolutions, the one we did on yes. leasing and this one? That I think that's. I think it's important for us to be consistent in our terminology when we're representing an organization. So the, is that, did we use African-American and people of color in the, in the previous resolution? I, I can go back and look real quick, but I believe in the previous resolution, I think the term that we used was black, indigenous, Latinx, and other people of color. Uh, I don't think I, I don't think I heard that, that, but I and that, let's that was up in the that was in the whereas. Oh, that was in the whereas. Yeah, that was in the whereas. So that wasn't read here tonight. Okay, and that came after about an hour's worth of discussion on the <laughs> on the phraseology. <laughs> Why don't okay. let me suggest this to move us along? Uh, that would be that let's let's pass this, but mm. let's see if we can add or make the language consistent in this one with the other uh, last one, because I think it's more inclusive and mm -hmm. go back to MCAC and just make sure they're okay with that. Yeah. Uh, Mr. President. Oh, we got, we got Michael here. There we do. Mr. Hey, Michael. Mr. Mr. President. Yes. As, as, as one of the 
additional crafters of, of this resolution. It, it was it was written purposely, and that language is inclusive. The language is inclusive, and and as you notice in every phrase when it says African Americans, it says and people of other of, of color. Other people of color. Other people of color. That was written that way purposely to include all people of color. So it and 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 it was approved by the committee, and it was approved by the the original uh, 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 author of the uh, committee. I mean, of the resolution. Okay. All right. So so it it, it does not. It does not uh, diminish or, or leave anybody out. It, it's, it was purposefully written that way to include all people of, of various color. Right. Yeah. I, I, I think both of them are in, inclusive. I think the, the, the question, Michael, was on consistency. Um, but but we, underst- we understand that they're, at least I understand that they're both inclusive, you know, so I, I guess there are two different resolutions and they came from two different presenters. And yeah. at some point, you know, I, I don't want to infringe the, the, you know, the members that put these resolutions to and this point. With yeah. all the, and with all the respect to David's comment, and I'm going to go with Jeff. This is this issue is extremely important to the Multicultural Affairs Committee, and it is and it's extremely important to them that this resolution uh, get out there. There was quite a bit of discussion amongst the committee members. Uh, they wanted to get this right. I don't think we are in any position to go and change this language, and, and, I, and I don't think we should. Okay. All right. So. Other discussion? I think, Kim, before yes. we had this clarification, you, you had a, a comment or a question. I do. I do. I, um, I've been thinking about this a lot, and um, I wanted to add a, whereas, um, a, a further resolve clause to this um, resolution, because I think it's something that's important, um, and ACB has, I believe, needed to do this as part of its diversity initiative. So let me read what I've written down and see where we would, I think we would just put it at the end, but so be it further resolved that this organization undertake an ACB census to better understand the diversity and intersectionality of this organization at all levels before the end of 2020 and be it further resolved, dot, 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 depending on where you put it. That was just tagged on there if you need it. I think that's an excellent, uh, I think that's an excellent idea. I agree with that, Kim. And this came out of the discussion that the resolutions committee and staff and leaders had prior to the board meeting. So I did reach out to Peggy uh, Garrett, the chair of the uh, Multicultural Affairs Committee to see if they would be, if they felt this was a good resolution. And I don't know if she's still on the phone, but she did indicate to me that they had a discussion on this and she thinks it would be a friendly amendment from her standpoint. Great. 
If they'll take it, we'll take it. <laughs> I can email that to you, Gabe, or Claire, or whoever would like it. I'll just type it up. And I think the understanding here is it's hard to know if you're improving if you don't measure and kind of know where you're at to start. And, exactly. and is this a measurement that is going to be going? Dan, uh, Dan this is Pat. I'm sorry. Is it a? Take a census. A, a census, yes. So kind of right. uh, to, we, to reach. Uh, yeah, I, I, I know. I understand what you're doing, but does this, is this an ongoing process? Will we put this in the membership application? Yes, that would be the I, ideal. I mean, you know, down right. the road that downstream, right? Yes, right, yes. right. This is part yes. of the information yes. so we I, have. I agree with that, Mr. Yeah. President. Uh, yes. Hi, Peggy. Yes, this is Peggy. And yes, you did mention to me about the census and we are okay with that. That is uh, something that we actually had suggested earlier on. So we're fine with that. But uh, the intersectionality part, I'm not sure exactly that that fits into where we're going. I mean, I, I know what it means, but it, it just kind of throws, takes the focus off of what we're really focusing on, I think. So can we so maybe use diversity, I mean, but take out and take out. I will take out and intersectionality yes. and just leave it with um, the diversity of. That would be good. OK. OK. All right. Very good. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Sure. Uh, is somebody seeking the floor? Yeah, this is Jeff. Oh, okay, Jeff. I had a had a question. Um, we are we are into September, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Do we do we think that we can complete the survey by the end of twenty twenty? I think that might be a little My aggressive, too, Jeff. Jeff. I had That's, that. Same, I agree. Yeah. I, yeah. I I think I think we need to to, to leave out by the end of twenty twenty and to say that to implement a survey. With the understanding, you know that, that it will be done as as expeditiously as possible. I I would I I've been very uncomfortable with not having a deadline in it. I would say if we want, let's move it to let's say uh, by the end. Let's say by the end of um, maybe April or maybe April twenty twenty. By April twenty twenty one. And my thought there is we're doing our membership membership certification, and this can be part of that process. Mm. Changing that and adding that gray as part of the membership. Yeah, that we that's, could do, we could do the census as part of the uh, by by April thirtieth, twenty twenty one. Yeah, and then including that as a as a questions in ongoing membership drives. Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming that all your affiliates have that information. Yeah, I, I think we start somewhere. Well, we we may not get it all, but we have to. You know, yeah. there's people that don't provide us with emails, and they're you know. Yeah. That's why I'm bringing this up because I yeah. I don't know that putting a deadline on it makes sense. You're, this is going to take a year or two to 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 really build into the culture. Oh, I yeah, see but, what you're. Saying. But I okay, but I think, yeah, I see what I you're saying. Started, uh, yeah. I, I have a suggestion. Then why could we not put begin with the 2021 membership? Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I, I just or beginning with or the 2021 membership. Take it, yeah, take it or, or initial census or something like that, so that we're because we're going to do it ongoing. But I'm just really right. comfortable because if we don't put a deadline, it's not. It may not get done. And this is something that this 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 is something that I strongly feel needs to be built into our future culture, and it needs to be and it needs to be expressed that way, such that it's an ongoing and growing 
leadership process mm -hmm. to learn about ourselves. Right. And I think, and I think that if we do that, as opposed to saying, you're going to do this by December 31st, you know, well, what, that doesn't, that's, that's, that's first of all, a mandate and it's not conducive to building a, building, you know, a culture. And, you know, that's, that's, I think the really important part of it, at least in my opinion. Yeah. The inclusive piece. Dan. Yeah. This is Doug. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, can I suggest that we do a survey that is due by that that is to be completed by February fifteenth, and um, ongoing efforts to uh, change the membership recording system so that this information can be uh, gathered in the future and and uh, with the uh, with the assistance of our affiliates, something along those lines. This is Katie. I think that's what Kim's motion or Kim's addition is seeking to do is a survey, mm -hmm. right? At yeah, first, well, we, we, at first it was a survey. We're, we're now by the end of the year, <laughs> by, the, by, by the end of the year, which, which yeah. Tony, Tony was comfortable, you know, when, when the discussion mm -hmm. was had to bring this up and put it, it won't be everybody, but at least you can survey a significant, you know, statistically significant amount of the population and and begin to get uh, an understanding. I think reason, what you're asking for beyond that, uh, Jeff, is to say we want to build it into yeah. our our our, yeah. our membership uh, process. That's right. Right. I, I I think a survey is fine, but I think yeah. it's I think it's much bigger than that because if Absolutely. we just do quote a survey. Yes. That's just a snapshot in time. We should be collecting this data and, and, and making it a part of what the board reports out. You know, right. that, that we have this population, we have this in yeah. leadership, we have that in, you know, special interest affiliates, we have this and that, you know, this is, this is, this is a much, much bigger thing than just a survey. Fine. Right. But, I, don't, and, I don't disagree. I think just but, but you have to start to somewhere. Yes, I, I, you have I to start it somewhere and then incorporate it into the rest of the the framework of the organization yeah. to build what you're talking about, Jeff. Right, you but can't I'm also just concerned. build what you're talking about from nowhere. So you have to start. I agree, I, I agree but but yeah, the census have... would be a way to start, and then you incorporate the the philosophy behind it into the membership process moving right. forward right but it but, I mean, starts gonna, to build that understanding and that 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 philosophy of why why it needs to be done right moving forward. So, so hearing what you all are saying oh back to peggy go ahead uh -huh. peggy. yeah just a point of, of of to share some information with you i don't know how many other state affiliates do this but we track this as a part of our regular memberships so if other affiliates are doing that, that would make it a lot easier so that when they report their memberships in March, April, it would automatically be there. Just add right. on to the, the uh, form that's I, already I, being completed. I, I, have a, I, have, I'm gonna, I have a suggestion here. So we've got Kim's uh, resolve clause, or further resolve. I'm going to add another further resolve clause. Let me try this. Now, I'm, I'm not using Braille, so I'm going to have to... And be it further resolved that collection of data on ACB's diversity be incorporated into the annual membership certification process moving forward. Great. I, I would also like to extend the survey to 
like like February first or or February fifteenth. Yeah. I was like going to say February fifteenth, and we got time to to, to yeah. do it and still have it available for the whatever the diversity training in the at the leadership yeah. conference. I, 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 I'm just a little uncomfortable. I mean, December when you get to the holidays, all bets are off. Nobody's going to do anything, so you pretty much have a month of a month to get it done, written and a month to do something with it, and that may not be enough time. Okay, so we've got. Yeah. The, the, if Kim's good with it, the friendly part right now, yes. I think it's all friendly, but we, we would add a resolve clause that would say by February 15th, 2021 for the survey, the census survey, and then the second resolve clause would be, and then we basically are enhancing the uh, membership uh, process to include um into incorporated into incorporated the into annual the membership, membership process. Uh, this, 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 Dan, this is Clark. Yes, Clark. Um, I would advocate for a, a deadline for the survey earlier than February 15th. The reason being that we would want time to analyze the data um, so yeah. that it could be actionable by the leadership meetings, um, which would take place likely either the second or third week of February. So mid January, January fifteenth, so, maybe January fifteenth or January first at the latest. Uh, February. I'm, I, I'm February. I like 1st. February first. I'm February, February 1st. first. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not going to take that much to analyze that data, though. I mean, you throw in a spreadsheet, yeah. make a pivot table out of it. You, you know, it's not that. And then get Rick Moore into it. All right, so we're now, we're, we're now we're now at February first with the help of Rick Moore and Jeff. Go ahead. Yes. I have a question with respect to Ray's second uh, resolve. Uh, I, I guess did write down, but someone might have. Yeah. I guess I address it to Nancy. Um, yes. Are we, and then maybe Jeff, I don't know, you might know the answer. Are yeah. we confident that we can easily yeah. reform the um, membership collection data collection process to undertake this by in, in 2021? If we are, I'm all in favor of Ray's, you know, amendment, but well, so, uh, Jeff, are, you, are you meaning by the f end of December? No, by well, the, uh, just so that we can collect data for ne in next year when we when we seek to get you know information on by, you know by the by the March fifteenth. Uh, in other words, modifying. Well, you have to have it in place when you got to have it in place by the middle of December because of the uh, right the process starts. Yeah, that's we, right. Yeah. We, we can add a new fields. We do this. Uh, we do this frequently. Yeah. Yeah. Right, okay. right, Nancy. All right, Nancy. So, so <laughs> can I get a word in advice, you guys? I, I, so, Nancy, you have the floor. Here till midnight. Thank you. <laughs> that means it's a couple minutes. No, it's past midnight. For past some midnight. Yeah. So, are you meaning that we're going to do it through the membership person? Changing yeah, the information, right? MMS. Okay, yeah. so it is MMS something. Database. Okay, MMS data, yeah. it is something that we can just add it to the database. We can add it to MMS, and then they could collect the information. So that is yeah. something that is fairly easy to do. Okay, it's just another field. So. Yes. Well, but it's is it just one field or is it several fields? It, I, I'm not sure. It's, how it's, 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 so it's because you got to go. It doesn't make more. any. It doesn't make any difference if it's There's, one or it three or four. It it's it's. to design it here. It it's yeah. a couple fields. It's you know you want ethnicity and you want race. Those are the two things you want. 
No, we, no. we, we, we don't have to. Let's not define that now. Let's define it here. Okay. So in answer to your question, yes, we can. Okay. Good answer. All right. Uh, Mr. President, I think the bigger okay. the bigger yeah. issue is is that the the states and the special interests who have forms, yes, um, that's going to take longer for them. You know, their webmasters and their their people who develop tools for them to to add to their membership forms. Yeah, and, so and, and, I that's right. And we're not mm-hmm. we're not going to get it all the first year, guys. But we're just putting the pro. Right. This is putting the process in place. I know. We're not going well, to penalize why, people I, if they don't provide. Well, and I think I think part of this also, as part of the process, it needs to be communicated to the states and the special interests that they need to be obtaining this information. I, I think between Tony, Cindy, and I, that we should be able to get a process set up. Let's let's okay. not dictate it here, guys. Yes. This almost built in a day. Yes. Right. That's, that's no, leave it. A, that's yeah. why. I, that's why I said this is not a. This is a culture thing. This is this is something right. that will take time. Yep. So, so what date? What date did you agree upon? By December. First clause is February first. February first. Okay. Okay. Thank you. And then the second doesn't have a date. It's tied to the, the AMMS process certification mm-hmm. process. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. Thank you. But those fields will be available and we'll be asking for input. And, okay. and the Sounds telephonic good. the telephonic meeting is now uh, the twenty eighth twenty eighth of yeah. August. Yeah. <laughs> it's still yeah. the twenty seventh in California, yeah. so yeah, we can be consistent. Right. Are we right. bringing everybody <laughs> back? If we'll hurry up, we'll be done. <laughs> bringing everybody back. Are so we done with so discussion? Are we done on discussion on this yeah. resolution? We've added the two resolve clauses. Is everybody good? Gabe, are you good with the two resolve clauses? Um, yeah, I mean, I think oh. Peggy signed off. Oh, can you guys hear me? I'll, I'll, yes. yeah. Mostly. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I had to, my headset died, so I had to switch oh, okay. headsets. Um, you know, I think the more important question was that Peggy signed off on those edits. Yeah. Yeah. Or additions. So. Okay. Yes, AC, MCAC is good. Thank you. And okay. I will email this to you, Gabe, so you can. And I will email mine to you. Yeah. Tomorrow and morning, will, good enough. That's fine. I, 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 my pillows. I, we might, still, we so. might <laughs> still be here tomorrow morning. The way it's going. Yeah, we are here tomorrow morning. All right. Yeah. Any? Or if, if I hear no other discussion, I think we're ready to call the question. <laughs> Yes, All those question. in favor of this resolution signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Well, thank you. All right. Very good. Good feedback. Good discussion. Thank you. Good, good, good solution. All right. Uh, number 12, Gabe. Number 12. Two is. more. Two more. Yes. Okay. Oh, I number 12 is on... Access solutions for transit systems, government services, and public accommodations. Okay. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind assembled telephonically on this 27th day of August 2020 that this organization recognizes the 
extreme importance of smartphone-based informational and wayfinding technologies, which provide independent access to transportation systems, government services, and public accommodations, especially during the periods of public emergency. And be it further resolved that this organization encourages transit systems, government services, and public accommodations to supplement existing informational and wayfinding technologies through the deployment of technology-based accessibility tools and strategies as one means of providing access to the built environment for people who are blind or have low vision. And be it further resolved that this organization calls upon transit systems, government services, and public accommodations to take affirmative steps to ensure equal information and wayfinding access are provided to individuals who do not or cannot now make use of these technology solutions and be it further resolved that this organization support long-term long-term investments in the development, testing, deployment, and maintenance of technology-based approaches that address informational and wayfinding access barriers while ensuring equity for those who do not or cannot make use of these technology solutions. Received a due pass. All right. Do I have a motion? No move. Sarah moves. Do I have a second? Second. Pat seconded, ahead, Pat, Pat seconded ahead of David. Okay, so Sarah with the motion, Pat with the second. Uh, any discussion? Okay, did environmental access and transportation all agree on this? They, 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 worked, they worked very hard on this. Yes. Extremely, so they, extremely hard. Anyone who actually, disagrees can fight with them. They actually agreed on this several times. Yes, <laughs> I heard Gabe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, All right. <laughs> it's a, hearing no discussion, Gabe. Anything from your team's point of view? Hearing no discussion from the board. No, sir. Not for me. Unless anyone else has anything. All right. Hearing none. Uh, I'll call the question. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. Thank you, and thank you, Trans uh, team, for all your hard work and pulling this together. I know Sheila and and uh, Becky and Jean and Chris Ron, and, and the team Ron. all really worked very hard on this. So yeah, thank, thanks help. to all of them. All I have to say is, if the resolutions committee discussion had gone as quickly as that board discussion just did. Mm -hmm. We'd have been out of there in half an hour instead of four hours. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. Last resolution there. All right. The last resolution is on AFB Access World. 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 Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind assembled telephonically on this 27th day of October. 27th of August 2020 that this organization strongly urges the American Foundation for the Blind to reinstate both the iOS and Android versions of this publication and be it further resolved that the Board of Directors request that the Executive Director of the American Council of the Blind report to the 2021 convention on this decision if on the decision AFB makes on this resolution and that 
and that organization's justification of the position they take. It received a due pass. Amen. I, I, I'll move it. So moved. I, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, was that Jeff? Jeff moved? Jeff Bishop? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did I hear a second? Second. Denise. And Denise Colley seconds. But I have a lot to say about this. Okay. And now we'll open it up for discussion. Jeff? Okay. Uh, I, um, I, I think that, that while I understand the, the, the feeling behind this resolution, um, there's, there's extensive, uh, technical details and, and reasons why it's, it's very expensive to be able to maintain such an app. Um, not to mention the fact that the infrastructure that it takes to maintain the data for that app to be able to retrieve is extremely expensive. Uh, and AFB, uh, I, I, I don't know that we as an organization should direct how they run their business necessarily. It's not a policy thing. It's more about how they present their data. And that should really be left to them. It's, it's like, it's like our, our magazine, right? So while I, I, I agree with this in principle, um, I would vote personally no on this resolution because I, I, I feel that this is something that, that there are, I have to think that there were very valid and cons- valid reasons why this was, was abandoned. Um, knowing quite a bit about how this process works, um, I can tell you with a surety that it's expensive and not to mention the talent required to do this is probably something that they would have to either contract or have on staff and it's extremely expensive. We're lucky to have a partner that we have who develops Android and iOS apps for us. That's pretty inexpensive, but that is not the case in 99% of the industry. Mr. President, this right. I'm I'm also going to I'm also going to vote against this resolution um, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, the I can't say it better the way Jeff uh, said about some of the infrastructure involved. Second of all, um, it seems to me that, um, you know, first, uh, well, just to, but to echo one point that you made, Jeff, and that is we don't we, we're not really sure the reasons that they made the decision that they did. I'm sure it's. Uh, for a lot of the things you mentioned, but we don't know. The second thing is we don't give the AFB any leeway here. We're saying bring back your iOS and Android app. There may be ways that Access World could be pulled into other apps for reading uh, materials or something like, or you know, reading of materials or something like that. You know, maybe Kindle, maybe uh, uh, other reading apps of, of that kind. Uh, so I don't think we ought to be telling them uh, how to do this uh, either. And I think there are plenty of ways for people to get access world. So uh, I, I, I'm personally will vote no on this. Dan, this is Katie. Uh, Katie, and you're, a, you're full disclosure. You're on yes. the board of AFB, right? I yes. am. Yes. Yes. So I, I too, I think would, would, would vote no. Um, just so people know, you can read Access World on an FB Newsline, and you can, of course, access an FB Newsline via the iPhone apps and the telephone and the Victor and all those things. 
Um, so that is, you know, one way to get it. And I, you know, I can tell you that um, it sounds like someone's computer is on and they're not muted. So getting a little bit of background. Uh, yeah, we're hearing we're um, hearing some jaws. It sounds like. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. But I, I, you know, I, I do think it is a, a kind of a resource and development issue. And and I, um, serving on this board, I I don't know that we should be kind of going down this road of, you know, asking them to urging them or whatever we're doing to, to bring their, their app back. I think, I think I know that, you know, AFB is looking at ways to, you know, enhance their website and make it more robust and, and things like that. So um, it's, you know, and it, it, you know, maybe someday something can be brought back, but I, I don't feel comfortable requesting this. Dan. Yes, Kim. So, um, as much as I'd love to see them bring back the app, because I, I loved reading Access World with it myself, and I completely understand um, a desire to have it back, I, I do understand the issue around, you know, the decision of, of AFB, if, if it's their resources, but what I what I would like to see if I do plan to vote no on this resolution um, because I, I just don't feel comfortable that it's our place to tell them what to do in this particular circumstance, given the situation that it is and the situation that we know that AFB is in with respect to resources. And but I, I would like to, you know, in, in a more informal way keep the part about our executive director having some dialogue with AFB because I think that could be valuable about identifying some ways that perhaps are more publicly clear about all the different alternative ways that Access World can be obtained yeah. because that perhaps is yes. not as clear right. to people yeah. about how they with can that. access Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I, so, I, I agree with that. So there AFB may be ways that, that they could do a better job and we could help them yes. in doing a better job of promoting I, I, how people could get it. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. Okay. Yeah. Do we, do we so, have yeah, any... Dan Michael Talley here. Dan. We, uh, okay. Michael Eric, Eric and then Michael Talley. Go ahead, Eric. Sure. So I've actually had a discussion. I had a discussion uh, with Kirk before this resolution was was sent so a little curious um and had a, a brief discussion with the maker of this resolution before so it was I. sent <laughs> I, I i know you and i had chatted about it uh, yeah well, i had a, I had a lengthy discussion but yeah i i, I don't yeah. know why this so at any rate i don't know why um, this came forward th but. there are there are real time uh and financial resource um considerations that mm -hmm. that went into the decision to, yep. uh, to shutter the app. Um, you know, I'm, I'm more than willing to reach back out to Kirk to talk about how to, how to promote access world, uh, to, you know, the various ways to, to access the content access world is great. You know, I, I think it's, it's a, it's a really good publication. So happy to do that. I guess I'm curious as to why we're here. 
Well, I just want to point out one other thing, if, okay, I, if I might. Uh, Jeff, no. one second. We, we, Michael was next, and then. Oh, no, no. sorry. Yeah, he was. No. Go ahead, Michael. Hey, thank you. Um, so I just want to say that I, I'm going to be voting no against it for many of the reasons that uh, Kim and Jeff spoke. But I just want us to consider that they're they're a good partner of ours, and we do work with them. And I don't think we should do anything to hurt a potential future relationship slash partnership. With them, so we just need to really be considerate of that. And and how would we feel if another board voted and sent us a resolution to, uh, you know, trying to force our hand on something too? That's all. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. And Jeff, go ahead. Oh, so oh, okay. Oh, which one of us? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're both on. Okay. We'll let Jeff Tom go first because Jeff Bishop has already spoken, and then Jeff Bishop. So Jeff. Okay. <laughs> so I, I actually disagree with Michael in, the, in in one sense. I, as a former AFB board member, I don't have any problem telling them what to do. But I, <laughs> but I am going to vote against this resolution. In defense of the committee, I don't think we heard all the technical problems that were obviously faced if they wanted to retain the use of the app. And so I think we didn't realize as a committee how complex this was. And so I too must unfortunately reverse the vote I made in committee based on what the other Jeff and others said. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. Um, and then, and then uh, Jeff Bishop is next. And then I think yeah. I heard Katie. By, by, by the way, someone's wearing ear pods and they're really noisy. Yeah. yeah. So if they could, if they could mute, that would be yep. really, really helpful. Um, I was just going to mention, not only did they kill, uh, you know, the app for, for, for reading Access World. Oh my gosh. Nancy, um, if you could maybe help us there, if somebody needs to be muted, yeah, is that Dan? Maybe Gabe. I think it's Gabe. No, there's no there's no noise around me. No, it's it's somebody. They, I mean, it's, they've been they've been breathing and moving. I don't know what I don't know what it is. Okay, um, but but the Access Note app which was an app that was used in education and, and all over the place for taking notes was also one that they, that they uh, um, abandoned as well. And, and again, this comes down to technical reasons in maintaining it. Um, that's all I was really going to say. I actually would, 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 would advocate for if this was for that, for access note, because I think there's a stronger case to be had for having that back in the app store. But that wasn't what this resolution was for. I just wanted to point that out. Okay. Any? Did, are there any board members that want to speak uh, in favor of the, this resolution? We've heard a lot on the on the uh, the no side. Uh, okay. All right, and and Gabe, your your committee uh, did put forward a do pass to do the. Uh, any members of your committee wish to speak on this? Because we may be we may be missing something that you all found very relevant when you when you did a submitted a do pass as the result. No, I think I think Jeff said it. Oh, is that uh, that's Paul Edwards? Oh, Paul Edwards, it is. Okay, go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Paul. Uh, if you're good with that, so, Gabe. Yep. Yep. Good. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm All good. Right, everybody, good. Okay, Paul. So, Mr. President, as a, on a point of principle, uh, I'm not going to speak in favor of this resolution, um, be, even though I wrote it, um, because I don't think I don't think 
it would be fair, um, given the fact that other other makers of resolutions don't have the opportunity to do that. Um, so I just wanted to let folks know I'm here and that I've heard what folks have said and to let you know that I am not, as a matter of principle, um, going to speak about this resolution. Thank you. Okay. Gabe, uh, anything? Uh, I, I think the only thing I would say on this is that, unless anyone else on the committee wants to speak, is um, I, I think it was Katie that mentioned um, Newsline. And one of the clauses, one of the whereas clauses in this resolution did state that uh, Newsline only gives you the current and previous uh, editions. And I think that was one of the, the reasons for this resolution. Yeah. Um, but that being said, uh, Jeff Tom did, did state it well that we were not aware of some of the other issues surrounding finances and the fact that uh, our ACB executive director had already had conversations with the AFB ED. So, um, yeah. You know, I think that's kind of where we were coming from when this resolution was being crafted. Yeah. Okay. This is this is Allison. I would just like to say too that, um, uh, as far as the expense that that wasn't brought forth to the committee. But what I would say is with Michael's too that I have to strongly disagree with what Michael Talley said because in there have been other instances when we've had partners quote unquote that we deal with that that we have called upon when we felt like, you know, it was an issue that had an impact on us. And I think this did. So I certainly wouldn't let that stop me from, you know, saying to them, you know, we, we want something, some kind of resolution. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, other, thank you, Alice. Uh, any, any other discussion? Yeah, Miss Mark. Uh, go ahead, Mark. So I guess the thing that really I'm going to be voting for this resolution. The thing that irritates me is that so much over the last, frankly, two decades, I've watched as the foundation has invested in certain things and then left them hanging, has not reached out in any kind of real affirmative way. I don't, I'm not suggesting that they need to ask our permission before they do anything, but, but quite frankly, there needs to be much more of a strong uh, responsiveness on the part of the foundation um, to the interests and needs of consumers. Um, if uh, AFB is going through financial troubles, but guys, they can afford it. Um, they most assuredly can. Budgets are all about your priorities, and they could make this a priority if they wanted to. Thanks. Thank you, Mark. Other president. Yeah, Jim Crot. Yes. Um, I've been quiet, and I and I'm, I really think we've run this one into the ground. But I think, like Michael Talley, I I had a real problem with the sense of this resolution. It would have been one thing to say, you know, guys, as a as a blindness community and, and as a consumer group, we have a real problem with this. But the tone of this resolution was, in my opinion, somewhat offensive. So I will vote no also. Okay. Thank you, Jim. Any other comments, feedback, discussion from the board? All right. Hearing none, I'm going to call the question.
All those in favor of the resolution signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed signify by saying no. 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 All right. The, the motion uh, does not uh, pass. The, the resolution does not pass, but it is not unanimous to do those that, that voted in favor, do they want their names to be recognized as in favor in the minutes? I don't care because I could have won either way. I just uh, miss it. <laughs> <laughs> what did he just say? I couldn't hear what he just said. That's okay. What did you say? I said I could have voted either way. I just missed it. You just missed it. Okay. okay. Be sure to record okay. that. For sure. David usually votes no on something. Yeah, or That's Sorry to be backwards. You're right. Well, short answer is Dan. No, I don't need my vote recorded. Okay. Uh, <laughs> a, a, any others? I just don't. I want everybody to be able to provide their feedback in full transparency if they wish to. Okay. So. Motion does not pass. Uh, resolution does not pass. So we now have um, 10 resolutions that we need to prioritize. So I would ask Gabe and uh, Clark to uh, present at least the initial recommendations for prioritization for the resolutions. Clark, if you have them, I don't know that I have them right at my fingertips. Do you have the prioritizations yeah, that we recommended? Give me a moment, and I will pull up that spreadsheet. Right. And, and, will, and Claire may this. even have it to read. I don't know if you do, Claire, or not. I, I just said Clark and Gabe, but I don't know if Claire has them or not. And thank you very no, much, Clark. Claire, for thank you very much, Claire, for doing that reading. Yes, of thank course. you. Yeah, we'd, and we'd Clark still has here, we'd, we'd still Clark, be here. Clark has the spreadsheet. Time if I had read them. Okay, <laughs> so Clark, you're the you're the guy. Yep. So resolution one, the compliance with digital accessibility, the preliminary ranking from leadership, staff, and the resolutions committee is a two. I guess before we go any Should we further, define what one, two, and three are mm -hmm. so it's clear for and, everybody? And I'd, ask, I'd like to ask uh, Jeff Tom and Mark Reichert if they would like to provide that rationale. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> it's a little unclear. But unless something is pretty urgent and needs to be done urgently, then it won't get a one. If it's something that we know we're going to do and it's going to happen within a reasonable length of time it'll pro or the needs to happen, it's going to get a two. And if it's something that maybe is just something the states are going to do and we're not even going to do it ourselves, or there's no way to know when we get to it, it'll get a three. And that's why you're only going to see one or two threes on this list and one or two ones on the list. And we're also going to look at the prioritization process as part of the task force, by the way. We thought that we should yes. do that. That's a great okay. Thank you. Mark, even, the other thing I'll say in addition to that is that, yes, we need to get away from this one, two, and three business and use better labels that are more descriptive yeah, because the numbers would, yes. would seem to suggest that there's a ranking of importance yeah. or ranking of urgency, which may not necessarily be the case at all. So we need better descriptors. Thanks. Yeah, let's let's yeah. add that to our objectives. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mr. President, I, yes, David. I understood they said that the resolutions committee in conjunction with the staff, rated these. Mm -hmm. 
and ACB I, leadership. Uh, ACB leadership. Okay, I'm, I'm happy to change it. I, I would move to accept their uh, recommendations on all. Well, we'll let. Okay, that's they need to read them to us. That that that's a motion, and we'll maybe have a second. But I think we still need to get them to read uh, read them real quick. Okay. So, did anybody want to second David's motion? I'll second it. Okay, Doug. Doug seconds. Okay. All right, Clark. Yes, Gabe. Just just something on that real quick. Um, Well, first of all, even even when we were going through these last week, there was questions among those of us on that call on what was a one, two, or three. And so, yes, we definitely need to look at it. As okay, I would draw more motion, Dan. But, but, also, <laughs> uh, but, but also along with that, um, I, I would say it was it, not necessarily the resolutions committee. It was, I would say, repre- uh, representatives from the resolutions committee. Because it was no, not yeah, committee that that's, was that's true. It was our, our leadership uh, resolution. <laughs> You're correct. Representatives. Yes. Thank you. Okay. I withdraw, I withdraw the motion. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, in, let's, in, let's let's listen to the list real quick. I think we can be done pretty quickly. Yep. And it, in the spirit of being done quickly and David's uh, recommendation, um, I would like to provide the rankings as two, three, two, 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 <laughs> two, one, two, two. <laughs> all in favor? <laughs> all right. Which one was the one with well, the I, 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 I need to withdraw that last two because it wasn't that on the, the one ones? that failed. That's, that's all right. Happens. Come on, Clark. Let's go. Get, go through the list can, real quick. Can, you can, I just want to know the ones. That's all I want. Yeah, just the one. <laughs> all right. So compliance with digital accessibility that received a two. Two. That's good. Non-vocational rehabilitation that received a three. Thanking NLS that received a two. Braille Reader's Digest received a two. Services for older individuals who are blind received a two. USPS informed delivery received a two. Accessible note-taking in the classroom received a two. Equity and policing received a two. Racial justice received the one. <laughs> Access solutions for transit systems and government services received a two. And the final resolution was defeated. defeated. I've got a couple disagreements actually here. Oh, do so, I? So, um, uh, the thanking LLS. I go first. No. Are you? Uh, I, it's, too, it's too damn late. Not much. Not much. Or you are. It's later it's here. Okay. He's going to kick one of you out of the Zoom room. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, Ray, Ray did speak. Sounds like you're sitting next to one of Ray, Ray and then Kim, because Ray did speak first. We're being equal. So go ahead. Okay. Uh, so, um, go ahead, so Ray. I, I think the thanking of NLS uh, should get a one. And I also think that the one right after it, the uh, can't remember it now. It's uh, it was the, the, it's the one I was going to say. The re- the that readers one digest a one. Also. one. Yeah. It needs to be a one because the last issue is September twenty twenty. Yep. So agreed. It needs to be a one. The only two changes I would make. Okay. okay. And Kim, this is Clark. Uh, I think Kim had Kim had some comment, and then we'll go to Clark. No, yes. I, I put my comment in. I concurred with Ray. I'm done. Okay, you, you just had the one change. Okay, that's and right. Clark, just yes. one. 
So I would just like to provide the the group's notes on these. So with thanking NLS, um, that calls for BPI and ACB to work with NLS to expand the available titles and categories for LGBT content. And for, for that regard, the ACB staff's ranking was a two. Um, because we will support the work of BPI as needed. And the the recommendation is very similar for Braille Reader's Digest, um, because the resolution calls for ACB to support the Braille Revivers Revival League and Library Users of America, LUA, um, in their advocacy efforts on that issue. So that is also why that one received a two. Yeah. I, I can go with three being a two. I can't go with four being a two because of the, the that last issue's coming out so soon. So, I, and I think from an ACB, even if the staff doesn't have a huge involvement, it's one from ACB to mm-hmm. to, to respond. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would agree because right. I mean ACB just needs to write a letter and and yeah. on behalf, and then it would be over with. So, cool, cool. Okay, so we want to make that was number four. Four. Yeah. So, yes. and Ray, are you okay with number three staying a two? Yeah. If we got to do the second part, the first part, if it was just the thank you, it was with you, it could be a yeah. one. Yeah. There's going to be more involved. So, more I'm involved. fine with that. Yeah. Okay. I'm fine with that. Okay. Any other proposed changes? We accept uh, the, the list as amended. Second. Okay. Back. Second. Thank you. Okay. Now, now Doug's made the motion and David is seconded. So okay. now we're in the proper order. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, any discussion? All those. I just want to say how, how tickled I am that this whole resolutions cut discussion has brought out the punchiness of this group. I just think that's entirely appropriate. <laughs> that would be Jim, thank, you thank you, Mark. Oh, it's the latest of the hour, and I haven't yeah. had any beer. <laughs> <laughs> I think 10 to 1 East Coast time. It's an environmental hazard. i got to get up in five hours. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. Aye. <laughs> who who said who did the nose want to be recorded? No, I was. Okay, so it was unanimous on the prioritization. Everybody's good. Okay, thank you so much. All right. The only At way to this make it point in time, if I get an invitation of Charlie Hodge snoring. <laughs> At this point in time, we're supposed to go into executive sessions. Um, I can't talk to you about what we were going to talk about in executive sessions. So let's let's ask the people other than the board and um, and Eric and Nancy if they can leave the meeting and then. We can go into executive session and decide how much we want to talk about in executive session given the hour, but it is on the agenda. So then ACB okay, radio everybody. can sign off. And please, right. a- ACB radio can sign <laughs> off. Yes, yes. Thank you, Debbie, and Thank you all thank so much, you. and thank you everybody that hung in there and, and participated via the radio on the on our uh, ACB board of directors meeting. Thank you so much.